Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Half Hump Day! The number of the day. I can hardly wait. The number of the day is. Eight! Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Carrie Davis, Matthew Rocky, Randy Carricker, and the number of the day is. Eight. Oh, CD, man. how you doing? I, I'm much better than the St. Louis Blues right now. Oh, brother. They, they lost last night to Philadelphia 5-1. We're going to uh, get to that in a moment. Uh, bad news or good news first? I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I like to get the bad news out of the way, so go ahead. Bad news first. Blues have lost eight in a there row. There you go. They're in last place. They have the worst <laughs> record in the NHL. All right, good news. Last night, if you watched the Blues, you saw the best performance they can deliver. <laughs> oh my God, Randy! They, 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 lost. they, were, they tried hard. They lost five to one. They tried hard. What are you saying? Their players played the best that they can play. They they maximized themselves last night. Oh, it's Randy. like me running a forty. It, 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 it's like it's like a seven two forty yard dash, but it's, it's the, the best, best I seven can do. two you can give. Yeah. Oh my goodness! But Randy, with training and hard work and preparation, you can get it down. You maybe can, a six point eight. <laughs> Still not great. Yeah, though. They might beat San Jose on Thursday. I don't oh, know. Oh man, I don't know. This is tough to watch, Randy. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh my god. Yeah, it's yep. it's not good. It's a this is a losing streak of epic proportions. There are some years where the Blues lose four, five, six, seven in a row, and you say, "Oh, that's who the Blues are." That happened after the lockout in oh five oh six. They were just terrible. They were rebuilding. This is not a team that I envisioned losing basically a tenth of their season. They, they, you have 10 eight-game stretches in a season. Mm-hmm. They've lost one of their eight-game stretches. Yeah. I, I, you know what? Yesterday I was sunshine and lollipops. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's okay. It, it's, not, it's, it's not the end of the world. I'm not scorched the earth yet, but it is, it is, it's bad. And, and, and the turnover... At the end of the period where where you allow Philadelphia to score with three seconds left on the clock is yeah. is egregious. It's it's unacceptable. I understand that that Pareko was trying to make a big play. He's trying to get the puck out, but you have to make the correct play and get it out. And the, the so that goal and the last goal of the game for me really set me off. And the reason the last goal set me off not because of Philly, not because of the Flyers scoring mm-hmm. it, because they had the audacity to score it. They had the nerve to say. It's 30 seconds left. Might as well get a shot on goal. They're not going to – nobody – there's no fear no. within me that someone on the other side is going to be irate about this. And the game is in hand. It's over. And the fact that nobody on the Blues team was irate or upset 
or 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 willing to cause physical harm mm-hmm. to someone else in the Philadelphia Flyers jersey, that that told me a lot. That unfortunately, it told me a lot about who they are right now. And and because Randy. It, in sports, we understand. In basketball, you don't take a shot when the clock is over, when right, the right. clock is running yep. down. In football, you don't call a timeout when you're up by 30 to throw a 40-yard pass to, to, to score. Like, those are things that get people clotheslined. Like, literally yeah, right. clotheslined. And it's okay. It's acceptable. The fact that they took that shot and no one better than I, that to me was was a sign that this is going to be bad. That happened in 1921, and the Blues essentially just ran out the clock themselves for the last 39 seconds. They did. There there was no response. There was no emotional response. And granted, the Blues had had a, a couple of fights in the early part of the game. Credit to Shen and Bortuzzo, but there was no pushback after the Flyers did score the fifth goal of the night. So, Craig Berube, your club has lost eight in a row. What are you thinking? Well, yeah, we're not playing good enough to win games, so that's what happens. Uh, you know, we gotta got to play better than that for 60 minutes, and uh, we're not performing at a good enough level. So with that being the case, what would Chief change about the way the Blues are playing? Well, I don't know if there's just one thing. I mean, I thought, you know, we had some real good looks early on. Uh, you know, we're, we're gripping the sticks for sure. We we had you know pretty good pretty good opportunities where we don't capitalize on them, maybe not bear down enough around the net, miss hit a post you know miss the net things like that on real good opportunities we don't capitalize on them, um, and then you know we make a mistake it's in our net right now so it's not just one thing I think it's a combination of things, um, you got you got to play real good hockey to get out of this and you got to you know do it together and and, and you got to. Be competitive, highly competitive. You know, when things aren't going right, it's easy to not be as competitive. And and you know, right now, I think that's where we're at. I, how often do the Blues bounce back after they allow the first goal? They do not handle adversity well. Last night again, scoreless game midway through the game when Allison scores for Philly to make it one nothing, and then five minutes later they score another goal to make it two nothing. The Blues very rarely respond after the opposition scores first. They they seem to be a team that if you don't if they don't get a lead early or if they are not, you know, the, the on the uh, attack from the from the from the forefront of the game, it's gonna be a tough game for them. I, I coached a team a few years ago where I normally defer and, and we kick off. I, I don't want the ball. I want the ball in the second half. But mm-hmm. a couple of years ago I, I, I took the ball every 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 kickoff. I wanted the ball because I knew if we got scored on, we were probably gonna lose. That's just the mindset <laughs> yeah. of the team. Yeah, there you go. Seven to nothing in the first quarter, our mindset as a team was we were probably going to lose. So I wanted to score first to make sure that our team had a lead and felt good about themselves. And that feels the same way that the Blues are right now. If they don't score first if they don't score early and the other team gets a goal, a couple of goals, the, the the mental fortitude to push through that and fight through that doesn't seem to be there. And and they seem to be losing because of that reason right there. So, Captain Ryan O'Reilly, has your club quit on your coach? Absolutely not. You know, our coaching staff doing a great job. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't beat down here. You know, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, we have to keep changing. We have to adapt. We have to learn. And, yeah, you know, it's, you know the message is, you know, like coach staff's doing a great job. It's just the execution of it, and and yeah, again, I just I don't have an answer for. It. I know it's just not good enough. It's on, it's on me, it's on, it's on others. But I'll do respect. Yeah, well, kind of it's on you, but 
It's you, not all on him. He always, he, he always says that. Yeah, but that's a that's a mindset that is is you're you're allowing other people to kind of skate off from yeah. the from the pressure or from the you know the 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 being a part of what's going on. It's not all on him. Here's and, a, and the fact that he says that is I understand why he says that he's putting a lot of pressure, but he's probably putting too much pressure on himself to make this thing go right. And I hey guys, I'm one man. The rest of us, we all need to step up and, and chip in to be a better hockey team. And if you go back, CD, to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and this will be four years ago now, and granted, a lot of these players are not playing in the NHL now, but David Perron was on that team, gritty, tough guy. Jaden Schwartz was on that team, really caring, defensive, uh, conscientious player. Uh, Pat Maroon was on that team. We know how gritty Pat Maroon was. Bozak was on that team. Uh, uh, Sunquist was on that team. Alexander Steen was on that team. Uh, Bo Meester, Edmondson, Petrangelo, Dunn, Gunnarsson. There's a lot of mental toughness that was on that team that has to be on any championship team that this particular squad appears to lack. And I don't know where you get that. I don't, I don't know where you get mental toughness. For me, leadership and mental toughness are, are things you either have or you don't. Like, I, I don't think you can make someone a leader. I don't think you can make someone mentally tough. I told you before that Don Beebe told me you can't put in what God left out. Mm-hmm. Like, there are there are things that some people just have. They have a, a, a an ability to lead other people, and it's just something that, that comes naturally for them. And then there are people that are very talented that couldn't get you to move left or right if they begged you to because that's just not who they are. So I, it's either in you or it's not. And, and right now, they have to get some people in there that are leaders and that are mentally tough and fight through this situation. That's the thing. It can't be one leader. When you it has win, to be just like, yeah, a yep. bunch of leaders, right? Yep. So that's the hockey story of the day. Here's a fun baseball story for you, though. Ken Rosenthal reporting at The Athletic that the Oakland Athletics, different thing, are likely to trade their catcher, Sean Murphy, Gold Glover. So he, he says the Cardinals will be interested, as they should be. And Rosenthal says the team that gets Murphy would have to part with multiple pieces to acquire him. He's entering his first year of arbitration, ranked fourth among qualified catchers this season in home runs with 18 and OPS with seven, uh, 758 OPS an above-average defender in each of the past three seasons, as noted by the defensive run-saved metric. He also tied for the second-fastest pop time, that is, into the glove, throwing down to second base in all of Major League Baseball. So the Cardinals hopefully will have interest in and maybe even acquire Sean Murphy. So can I be greedy? Yeah. Can I get Sean Murphy and Wilson Contreras? We need a DH and we need a catcher. Can you get both? And then you have your catcher who can Mm -hmm. catch for, for Murphy when he needs a day off. And and so you don't have to go. Can, can, is, is that is that feasible? Is Here, that a possibility? It, it's doable. I don't know how badly Contreras wants to catch, but if if I could do that, because I'm assuming that if if I go out and get Murphy, that I'm going to have to give up give up Gorman. Yeah, I would want that DH to be a quality left-handed bat rather than a right-handed okay. bat like Contreras. Okay, that would be my only concern there. Gotcha. But it, it you can never have too many good players. And Murphy is Murphy's a guy that's going to play 120 games for. You. He's 28 years old. He, in terms of being an all-around catcher right now, it's probably he and Salvador Perez. Okay, and, and Perez was hurt last year. Those are probably the two best guys going. So if you can get a Sean Murphy, that would be tremendous. Be good for us. Major League Baseball 
general manager meetings are underway in Vegas, and I'm sure that our friends Derek Gould and Katie Wu are going to have all kinds of coverage from Vegas over the course of the next three days. That is Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. Can we play that song one more time? Do you have it up, Matthew? We'll see if Matthew can uh, get that up one more time because it's really fun. Here we go. The number of the day. I can hardly wait. The number of the day is eight. <laughs> Four downs from the NFL next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It is time for Four Downs from the NFL. First down. So, Randy, I, we've talked about it a few times, and, and so we need to give it a little more attention and a little more love. The Seattle Seahawks are leading the NFC West division, a, a division that has the Rams, the 49ers, and the who, uh, who Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. I forget about them because I always forget about it's them. It's easy. Yeah, so, but the, the Seattle Seahawks have a quarterback in – Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson. No, they don't. No. They got rid of him. They got Geno Smith. Geno. They brought in Geno Smith. They traded Russell Wilson, and everyone assumed, oh, the Seahawks are just rebuilding. They're going to start over. They're going to start from scratch. Geno Smith is going to be an NFC all-conference player, an all-star, all-pro probably, because he is playing so well. He's going to be a pro bowler. And they are finding ways to win football games. And I cannot believe that I'm saying that. They are leading the division. They are the front runner to win that division. They're and they're division. going to go to the playoffs. And Geno Smith is going to be the one that takes them there. They've done a very good job in, in drafting. Uh, Tyreek Woolen is um, the defensive back that they drafted in the, in the fifth round, fourth round, um, who is up Ken, for yeah, uh, up for up for defensive player, rookie of the year honors. Kenneth Walker, the third, is a <laughs> offensive rookie of the year player honors. They, all three of those guys won October Players of the Month rookie defense, rookie offense, and Geno Smith, an offensive player. They are finding ways to win football games, and it is absolutely amazing. It's amazing to watch. Hey, I thought that the game had passed Pete Carroll by, and I'm going to give John Schneider, their GM, and Pete Carroll credit. Their problem apparently was, at least offensively, Russell Wilson. It seems to be. And it seems, and and you know why it seems that way? Because when you watch the Denver Broncos, Mm -hmm. that seems to be their problem as well. And so you get Russell Wilson out of there, you bring in Geno Smith, who essentially has been a journeyman who, who who was drafted in the second round. They thought he was going to go in the first round. He waited all day, came back to the draft the next day, and and got drafted by the Jets. Didn't go well for him. It didn't. He, he, he His career would not be where he is. You would not expect him to be where he is right now. But here he is leading the, the NFC West with the Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. and they have a clear path to make it to the playoffs and probably su- surprise some people. Second down. CD, it happened during the offseason. It happened on first take. We have first take up on this uh, screen in this studio every single day. What are the Chiefs going to do? No Tyreek Hill, <laughs> no Demarcus Robinson, no Byron Pringle. Is Patrick Mahomes even going to be like in the top 10 of quarterback statistics this year? How are they going to score points when they only have one receiver? How's that going to happen? Guess who leads the National Football League in passing yards? One Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Guess who leads the National Football League in touchdown passes? One Patrick Mahomes. Maybe it wasn't necessarily the receivers. Maybe it was the guy 
throwing to those receivers. He has been unbelievable. And we saw the essence of Patrick Mahomes the other night because in addition to leading the league in yards and touchdowns, and by the way, uh, fashioning the league's top scoring offense, when they need him to run, when they're taking away the deep ball and there's room because they're running cover one, cover two, he just runs into that open spot in the zone and winds up running them to the tying touchdown in the game. Patrick Mahomes is extraordinarily special. Not just special, extraordinarily special. And he's going to go down as one of the top five quarterbacks in the history of the league. Uh, it, yes. And and that says a lot with the history of, I mean, you got a, a handful of guys, as you can name right now, are in that top five. And he mm-hmm. will be when he retires. He, he's, I, I'm, Randy, I don't know if it's overstepping to say he's probably top ten right now. Just, just in the in the history of the game with what he's done so far uh, this early in his career. And we just expect it to continue. You know, he could probably be an MVP candidate and should be an MVP candidate or winner every single year. Um, and he's just, he's a, he's an outstanding football player. And it is fun to watch him. If you're a receiver, unless you can get the Tyreek Hill contract, don't leave him. Don't leave. Just stay. <laughs> so if the money's the same, stay with that guy. Indeed. Things usually work out well for you. Third down. Randy, the New York Jets are number two in the AFC East division. And this is a football team. <laughs> no, no that, they are. It's scary. Oh, they no, are. It's they November. Are. They, they are. They are. After after week three, their head coach, Robert Sala, said, I'm taking receipts of all of the words and all of the comments that you all are saying. And then they won four in a row. They lost to the Patriots. And then they go back and beat the number one team in the AFC East, the team that's leading right now by a game, the Buffalo Bills, the team that everyone has picked to go to the Super Bowl. This New York Jets team has drafted extremely well. Joe Douglas got there in 2019, and since then he has done a fantastic job. He drafted Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson in this year's draft. Brees Hall was the lead candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year before he got hurt. He was a fourth-round pick. Uh, sorry, excuse me, a second-round pick. They drafted Zach Wilson last year. They got their franchise quarterback. The year before that, they drafted Mekhi Becton. He's hurt, but he's their, he's their tackle. Mm-hmm. He's their future to protect their quarterback. They have done an outstanding job. The last four years of drafting, they hired a coach that can do do all of the things that they need to do, and they are not afraid to find ways to win games. After after uh, Brees Hall goes down with the injury, they trade for James Robinson from Jacksonville and say, hey, we need him. You're not using him. Let us get him. We're going to use him because we know we can win some football games. And it is amazing to me that the New York Jets are where they are right now, number two in that division, just beating the number one seed in the division and have a real chance to win that division and make it run in the playoffs. Not many of us remember the Jets being really good. Now, they had their couple of years with Rex Ryan, right, where they were in the playoffs and gave, well, they gave you guys fits, didn't they? They one time. The Steelers, yeah. 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 But they had a couple of years. But they haven't been to a Super Bowl since 1970. It was the Joe Namath Super Bowl three, yeah. 69 season. Uh, and... For most of those 52 years, they've been really, really bad. They have been. And I think it's cool to see them succeed, actually. It is. I mean, you got the butt fumble in their history. You got a lot of things that you think about that are not positive when it comes to the Jets. But right now, they are playing extremely well. And yeah, it's. Oh, that might be this one. Oh. Oh yeah, it's okay. We got to turn this alarm off. Let me see. Alarm set. Let's turn that alarm off. The New York Jets. Different clock here today. The batteries went out on the other clock. There you go. The Jets are playing extremely well, and it's fun to watch. And I'm glad for Robert Sala and all of those guys over there. Fourth down. 
CD, you'll hate this. Oh, goodness. but the Baltimore Ravens should be undefeated right now. They had a three touchdown lead against Miami, lost forty two thirty eight. That a three touchdown lead, by the way, in the fourth quarter. They had a ten point lead against Buffalo in the second half. They lost that game twenty three to twenty, and they had a ten point lead against the Giants in the fourth quarter and lost that game. Those are their only three losses, and their schedule coming up. They have Carolina at home after a bye. They go to Jacksonville. Kind of looks like another win. That would be seven and three. Denver eight and three. At Pittsburgh maybe nine and three. At Cleveland maybe ten and three. This this might be a team that finishes. They might win out. They might go fourteen and three. That is, uh, and as you say, Randy, they should, should not have beat. lost those three. No, no. Those three games that they lost, they had leads in the fourth quarter. The the Miami game, I don't know how Disaster. you lose that one because they were up big and and let Tua find a way back into that game. They are a very good football team. And Lamar Jackson is going to get paid a, a, a handsome amount of money at the end of the season. And what they need, and I know this is really, I mean, off the grid, they need Deshaun Jackson to give him a few big plays. They do. They need, <laughs> they, they need someone in their receiver core. As I said, he, he threw for 133 yards last game, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Did. They have to, and they still won 27-13. Uh, they have to find a way to get some people back and that will allow him to be as effective as he needs to be in the run game and in the passing game. But they are they are they are elite. They are a very good football team right now. And by the way, here we we do four downs and we've talked heck this is Wednesday. The Philadelphia Eagles are still undefeated. And I don't know if they're the best team in the league, but they're the best team in the NFC. I, I, yeah. I uh, all due respect to Seattle and Minnesota and what Dallas has done. Tampa Bay is four and five. They aren't one of the best teams, but I, I think sometimes you can go eight and zero, and it just doesn't feel yeah. legit. Yeah. This feels legit to me. It does. I, I think you can throw Minnesota in there yeah. as a, that's the only team that Minnesota lost to is Philadelphia. Kirk Cousins. But it's Kirk Cousins, and it, that's what it always boils down to. They don't feel legit to. because it's they, Kirk Cousins. They and, and but when you look at this, there is not a team that really strikes fear in you in the NFC, and and Philadelphia is the best team in the NFC. And, and you're looking at a potential of Philadelphia versus the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC Championship game. And, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't heard yet, by the way. What if what if Josh Allen has to have Tommy John surgery? Yeah. We don't know how serious that UCL injury yeah. he is. He missed. He, he's suffering from it. Yep. Missed four games in his rookie year with an injury like that. Even if it's not Tommy John surgery. What if Josh Allen has to miss four games? That would be that wouldn't bode well for them. And then you have the New York Jets taking over the NFC East. Yeah. Yeah, Miami's yep. sitting there. Tua at six and thirty two. It's a what, weird season. What man. a weird year. <laughs> hey, our 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 fantasy teams are tell the whole story about how weird oh, this is. Oh, the whole is. story. I am dead last <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the ESPN one oh one ESPN you fantasy. And the blues, baby. <laughs> I might have lost eight in a row as well. I don't know. got to check. <laughs> it is Wednesday. We've got Ask Uncle Randy. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line 65780. Ask Uncle Randy is coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 65780. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. Losing Sharks tomorrow. 
6 o'clock pregame with Alex Ferrario and Joey V right here on 101 ESPN. Night game, of course, a home game at Enterprise Center. And as Matthew Rocchio told you, hey, it might be an eight-game losing streak, but it's stuff you haven't seen before, right? First team ever to lose eight in a row after winning their first three. So at least there's something unique. So that's one positive. Also, I'm just looking for positives. I'm looking for the silver lining here. All right. Also, we put this poll up yesterday, and there's an hour to go, at Randy Carricker on Twitter. With baseball's relationship with gambling now, should Pete Rose be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? 85.2% of you say yes, that he should be in the Hall of Fame. 14.8% say no. We still have about an hour to vote on that poll. It is Ask Uncle Randy Day. Whatever you have going on in life, the holidays coming up, should you invite your new girlfriend or boyfriend over to the family's house for Thanksgiving? Those sorts of things. Hey, those are things that I'm here to answer for you. Uh, Carrie is here to help out. Matthew is here just to listen to our sage wisdom. Uh, All right, guys, what do we got? Right. Dear Uncle Randy, my girlfriend of one year is antsy to get married, but she doesn't want to relocate. My job is likely to move me to the East Coast. Do I consider finding another job or a different girlfriend out East? I would suggest that depending on whether or not you love her, that you you look for another girlfriend. If your job is going to take you away from somebody and that you don't really see a future with this girl anyway, you just want her to come out to the East Coast to be fun for you, I would suggest that when you get out East, you kind of reset the the old reset, push the reset button on the relationship. You know, I think that's always a tough thing, relationships and and, and your work, trying to to balance the two. one year, she's he says she's antsy to get married, which seems to me that he's not mm-hmm. as antsy yep. Yep. to get married. Right. Um, so kind of the context clues in there. Uh, I, I would think that if that's the case, you have to take the job, go do what you need to do, get situated, get settled, and then, you know, the girl will come afterwards. WWTB12D. <laughs> what, what would Tom Brady do? You just gotta look at the way you phrase it. The, ver- the very first sentence clause I- clause is she's she's antsy to get married, and the next one is or should I just find a different girlfriend? There you go. Yeah. I'm sorry, there are not. We're, yeah. we're talking about two non-equal congruent well, things going on yeah. right and here, my guy. That's why I kind of assumed. Uh, yeah. That's why if you love her, but it doesn't sound like you love not her. Not really. So, yeah. so I, I would the, the I, wording. I would think, if you can just say I'm going to find another one out east, yeah. right? Yeah, and if your job, uh, you know what. If you love the job, that's what you have to come to grips with. What do you love more, her or the job? Because that's that's the, the essence of the question. It sounds like you love the job more. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, I had planned out a Vegas trip that before this blues season for this weekend, but with the way they're playing, I'm not really looking forward to it like I was. I can basically cancel everything with a full refund except the hockey tickets. Do I still go? You go. It's Vegas yes. on a weekend. Yes. Of course you go. Yes. Matthew's going. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> let me know what casino you're at. Or if you don't go, let me know if you're trying to sell those hockey tickets. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, right. Yeah. There you go. You might have just found your way to get rid of all of the trip. Yeah. You can rock or buy the tickets for me, he'll be there. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch the tenth loss in a row from the Boy, St. Louis hey, Blues. Hey. You'll be watching. You'll history. be watching the history. <laughs> but I'm with Randy. Come on out to Vegas. Let me know what casino you're staying at. I'll, I'll we'll play some craps together. There you go. Yeah. And watch some crap together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Randy. Damn Dang, I. Randy. What, Come I, on. I, I was just, I didn't say that out loud, did I? <laughs> yeah, you did. That, that, one, that, was, that, was, that was auditory. Sometimes you got to pass through that old filter. Oh. Dear Uncle Randy, I want to propose to my girlfriend, but I never have time to go get a ring. I'm either at work or at home with her. What should I do? All right. If she has a sister or a best friend, 
you get in touch with the sister or best friend. You make an excuse that you're you're not going to be with her or you're not going to be at work. Hey, I got to go get gas in the car. Hey, I got to go shopping. I got to run some errands. And then you get together with her sister or her best friend. Get over to Diamonds Direct right here in Creve Corps. They'll come up and tell them you said you heard about it at 101 ESPN. They will quickly provide you looks at everything that she might be interested in. And again, make sure that one of her friends or her sister is involved with this. And that's how you pick up the ring. It doesn't take long at all. And by the way, it's not a bad idea. Because if you're thinking about it, she's thinking about it too. Ask her what she would like in a ring. Exactly. Come on, simplify this thing. Like this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pa- let this one pass me by. Stop making Rock and I so had, a, had, a, had a look. We kind of looked at each other. Well, I'm it was just confusing. Why, is, why, why are you, are you so work? complicated? No, I, I, well, my confusion was why are you just going to work and and with her all day? I mean, you don't have, yeah, you don't true. do anything else. Yeah, nothing else. You don't. Well, you we, don't. We don't want to play golf yesterday. Some, yesterday. Pe- some people don't like. Some people don't like alone time. I am not I, one I of am those, not those people. people. No, no. <laughs> I'm not one of those I, people. I, trust I, me. I, I need to hit the reset button. Alone. Yes, people, people, That's what people don't understand. People are like, well, okay, you're gonna work. Okay, let's go out. Let's do this. I'm like, no, no, no I need like an hour just to like not do, just to like yeah. decompress and reset everything. So yes. When I was working afternoons forever. And the, the fast lane specifically. I get home six fifteen, six thirty, and I'd walk in, and I was trained. Actually, we were both, I guess, mutually trained for this. I would walk in. She would be watching Hallmark movies or Bravo or something, and I would get my hand within like a foot of the remote control, and she'd say, "You've got a theater room downstairs." <laughs> so I'd go downstairs and be alone. <laughs> There you go. That's a good one. Yeah, I, uh, I like this one. Dear Uncle Randy, I've been married six years with two kids, and when the holidays come around, we try to split time between two, between both sides of the family. Mm-hmm. We usually do it at her grandparents' house, and my grandparents live an hour away from hers. How do I convince my wife we need to just pick one side one year and go to the other side the next year? I'm try- We've been trying, and it doesn't work doing both. All right. Here's your play, and you can still maintain having those family relationships. During the holidays, it is all about family, after all. But here's the play. It's your family. It's your kids. They're the ones, especially now at this age, that are really excited about the holiday season. So it's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas morning with your family. And then you make a move over to your grandparents' house. You spend an hour there. You drive the hour, spend an hour with her grandparents. You don't have a ton of time. And then you're back home with your kids. But... Even though it is about family, just don't don't give them too much time because ultimately it's about your family. Focus on making your own traditions on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. Grandparents already have their traditions set. And so just go spend a little time with them and make it out home. Or there's another, as you said, mm-hmm. do it at your house and everyone comes to your home. That ha- could be. That's a hard play with grand- grandmothers, yeah. especially. Yeah. Well. Also, why 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 are you utilizing both days? Do Christmas Eve at one place and Christmas at another or, one. Take out Thanksgiving the, at one, the Christmas Eve at the other. Yeah. That's a play. Christmas yeah. at one, Thanksgiving at another, yeah. and just explain it. Hey, you're we we can't do both on Christmas Day because you're an hour away from each other. Yeah. Um, I love this. Um, we are giving away uh, Eagles tickets um, later today. We forgot to. Not Philadelphia. Uh, no, um, the Eagles tickets, <laughs> I should say. Um, not the Eagles, as I like to call them. Um, but I just think instead of doing a trivia like we usually do, I just think this person should get them because okay. th- this is the best text that we've ever gotten. It's just a really simple response. Or just go to Best Buy and pick up their best microwave. 
Yeah. And well, I'll tell you what, that has been done. <laughs> and last year was uh, 36 years of marriage. So, yeah, the, you can never go wrong with the engagement microwave. There you go. Uh, that's my favorite text we've ever gotten. Just how he sleeps. <laughs> that was my favorite thing ever. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, if baseball had captains like hockey, who would replace Yachty as the Cardinals captain this year? I hmm. think it would. Well, would Yachty have been the Cardinals captain last year? Yeah, I think so. And I think this year coming up, it'd be Adam Wainwright. It would have to be, yeah. So what if it was Wayno was the captain and Yachty was the, the had the A? Who would be the who would be the next A? I think it'd probably be Paul Goldschmidt. Hmm. He's not, a leader that people gravitate to. I think Goldie more than Arnado. Okay. I, I think Goldie is just he's a little bit more level headed. He's got he's you want him to talk to an umpire more I, than you want. I, I want Nolan to talk to anybody. Oh yeah, I, I, uh, that's my he's my spirit animal. He gets he's, tossed, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what you should. Fire, <laughs> passion. You gotta have it. He's a leader, but he's just not wearing a letter. Okay. And uh, hey, with, with many, many, probably most teams, a former Blues captain who wasn't the captain yet told me one time. He said, "Hey." We all know who the leaders are, and it doesn't matter who's wearing the letters. It, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. Yes. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, I'm a new business owner building houses. I hired my best friend because we needed the extra hands, and he needed the help financially. But things aren't really working out great, and he seems like he's gotten worse over time. What should my business partner and I do? Put this one on your business partner. And the first thing you have to do is if the person was good before and their work has deteriorated, if it was a person worthy of having in your employ, what you do is you have your business partner go to him and say, hey, we need to do a performance review because we need to get, we're building people's homes. We need to be better at what we're doing and give that person a set of objectives and say, okay, this is what we expect from you. And then if it doesn't happen within six months, then you revisit letting the business your your best friend go because at the end of the day nobody loves you like you love you and you have to take care of yourself and your business before that relationship sorry best friend yeah that's why you don't just go play better just be that's, a better yeah. best friend yeah. yeah do your job i i my randy one thing that just really drives me crazy is when people take advantage of a situation or they don't hold up their end of bargains, do the job you were hired to do. Do right. the job you said you wanted. This is what you wanted to do. I didn't. I don't think he forced his best friend to, to, to work with him. You, you, they probably came to an agreement, so just do your job. And here's the other thing. It takes the exact same amount of effort to do the job like crap as it does to do the job right. If you're going to be there and you're going to be doing the job, do it right. There you go. See, the problem, Randy, is people like you are like, see, the thing with millennials is half the job showing up. People are taking That's that true. to heart, Randy. People are taking that too closely to heart. That cold, quiet quitting stuff that you hear about. <laughs> I don't think this person. That's the crankiest I've ever sounded in my entire life. Yeah, I, I don't think that person's just showing up to give a half effort. We have seen it in sports recently. Oh, nah. let's get dear, dear Uncle Randy and Cousin Carrie, <laughs> got any tips for somebody who's getting burned out at work and would rather reignite the fire than jump ship? Okay, I like this question a lot. And here is the thing. You have to find out, go back to your younger days and find out what the pilot light for that fire was. Why did I like doing this? What was the core of why I like doing this, okay? And then get back to that. But when you get back to the pilot light, you say, okay, things are cooling off. What can I do 
that is within the same job that will get me excited about doing the same job, but maybe with a different angle. Here in radio, we call it the topic tree, for example. We're going to talk about the blues. At the beginning, we'll talk about the leadership that has departed. Later on, we'll talk about the youngsters not actually delivering on the leadership that we expect for them. On a third note, we'll talk about how one player can say, absolutely not. We have not quit on our coach, but it looks like they've quit on their coach. So here's my ultimate recommendation for you. Go back to what drew you to that industry in the first place and see if you can find a passionate aspect of that job that you really haven't explored yet. I like that. Really if you answer. don't want to, if you want to be there, you just need that fire relay. You you have to find out what what caused you to start in the first place, yep. and, and, and and find that love for it. Again, the passion. And it's not a bad thing to go to your boss and say, "Look, I love what I'm doing, but can we change it? Yeah, because I feel like I'm getting burned out. Mm-hmm. And bosses, especially if they have good workers, they don't want to see you leave. Right. So if you go in and tell your boss, and you can have an honest discussion about why you're feeling burned out and what you could do to change that because you don't want to leave, obviously, that you said that in the text, that would be the way I would approach it. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much that for your a text. Really good in, that was a really good edition of Ask Uncle Randy. It was, it was great. And so week. find out if that person, uh, the, the microwave person, wants the Eagles tickets. And if that person doesn't, then we'll do a contest later. Absolutely. All right. Uh, coming up next, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. We've got Take It or Leave It coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 65780 and give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Time to take it or leave it on 101 ESPN. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Carrie Davis, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker, and CD. Isaiah Thomas, the Detroit Pistons bad boys mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas, uh, says now that his beef will Mike, with Michael Jordan will never be over until he gets an apology yep. from Jordan for freezing him out of the Dream Team. Take it or leave it, that beef is going to last forever. To the end of time. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah, not going to. Yep. <laughs> Michael Jordan is not going to apologize for no. it. He already <laughs> said he had nothing to do with it. And therefore, he he clearly will never feel like he has a reason to apologize. No. And and here's the thing about beefs. In this beef, it seems as it's only beef on one side. I don't think Michael Jordan thinks about thinks much about Isaiah Thomas at all. No, not at nah. all. <laughs> He's just not <laughs> not someone on his day to day things of uh, things to think about or do. Is Isaiah Thomas? But yeah. I like Zeke. He's a he's a hell of a basketball player. He was a really good basketball right. player. Michael probably says, huh. and then moves on, <laughs> moves to the next hole. <laughs> Uh, so we were talking a little NFL earlier, and the uh, Minnesota Vikings are leading the NFC North. The Green Bay Packers, who have been the team to beat for years, are sitting at 3-6 and six and look like they, they're headed, headed nowhere fast. Um, take it or leave it, this is Aaron Rodgers last year. I am going to leave that because I thought the same thing. 
got in touch with some of my friends in Green Bay. They said, no, he, he cares too much about the money. He cares. You know what is frustrating about him? As a, as a former player, as a teammate, to hear him talk and, and not take any blame for anything, he, it, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing and it's frustrating. And I would be extremely upset if I were in that locker room. He's blaming the young guys. They need to play better. Dude, you, you need to play better as well. We're three and six. You, you aren't playing great either. So it, that's a little bit frustrating to hear. I wonder if there was just latent narcissism there that, sh- that has shown itself over the last couple of years or if you can actually become a narcissist. Well, I, I think he is. Some people, this is the, the, the weirdest thing. You know, they say money really just reveals who you are. The more money you get, you just become more of the person that you already were. There's something about Aaron Rodgers where everyone around him in his personal life is not around him. He he's he doesn't deal with his family. Right. He has, you know, the relationships that he has, they they last for so long and then the people kind of leave and don't want to be bothered with him. There's something about him that I think pushes people away from him and and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the arrogance or the narcissism. I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose those things, but something when everyone around you is saying the same things about you. Generally, it's you. It's not them. Wasn't his last girlfriend a witch? No, <laughs> I don't know. Am I Danica wrong about Patrick this? was before um, the the well, that one. Yeah, she was Wiccan. Uh, let's Which see. She's a witch. Oh, her, his girlfriend Blue denies B L U, not B L U E. Uh, yeah, she denies claims that she is a witch. Hmm. Uh, she's something. Let's see. And he's he listen. That's some weird. Her, that's too. That's too weird for me. Her name is Blue of Earth. Oh, interesting first name and an interesting last name that her parents had. <laughs> of Earth, Matthew. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, of Earth, or maybe just Earth. Maybe of is her second uh, or, or middle, middle name. name. Middle okay. name. Blue. Earth. Okay, I yeah, like. So it. she's not exactly Shailene Woodley. <laughs> Uh, take it or leave it. The race to the bottom and the number one pick can be almost as exciting as a cup run. I hear Connor Bedard is the real deal. Just saying. And by the way, I'm glad Army's already bald because if he had hair, he'd be pulling it out. Yeah. Take it. Yeah, I will. I will absolutely take that. You think taking a uh, uh, the, the 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 number one pick is as exciting as a cup run? And I'm leaving it. CD. I don't care who the number one pick is. I was so mad in 2011. The Rams are playing in Cleveland. Uh-huh. They have a chance to lose the game, and Cleveland, remember, has the bad snap mm-hmm. on an extra point yeah. and allowed the Rams to win, cost the Rams the chance at Andrew Luck. <laughs> I was so mad that the Rams <laughs> won that game because I was rooting so and, uh, they, and, I, and it was so so Cleveland, a bad snap to cause them to lose it in Cleveland. That sounds about right. So that's what, yeah, I, I, I am on board. I'll, I'll take that. You, Randy, it's, it's, what month are we in? It's November. Yeah, we got, The season isn't over until May? Well, so we, yeah, what, what do we have? Seventy-one games left. That's you. You're telling me right now, November 9th, you're willing to sit through what you've watched the last eight times out and not have and, and be okay, Randy? No way. I'm, I'm being real here. There's no way you're no, gonna watch. I no choice. No way you're gonna watch that and okay. be, Here's be the thing. okay. If they're gonna be terrible, would you rather finish last or fifth to last? I mean, if you're going to be terrible, you might as well finish last. There you go. Have be a goal. Be the best at the worst, I guess. <laughs> Have but a goal. I would prefer that they score a goal and That'd win some nice. games. I would. That's what I would prefer. Wow. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals will not make a big free agent signing, but will make a splash in the trade market. I'm going to leave that. I think they have a chance to do both. Mm. Interesting. And it might not be 
splash. It depends on what you think a splash is. It might be a ripple. See, people think splashes are are Aaron Judge. That's mm-hmm. a, Trey Turner. Yeah. Those, those are splash. That's yeah. a that's a big splash. Splashes help you win the offseason. For example, take it or leave it. The majority of fans will be disappointed with Moe's offseason acquisitions of Tucker Barnhart and, and Michael Conforto. Yeah, I, I would think, take that. Which I think is a pretty reasonable offseason. But I can tell you this. Michael Conforto ain't going to be a Cardinal. Oh. That's a 100%er. Guess who his yeah. agent is? Scott Boris. There oh. you go. As soon as you said it, I, I didn't even know, but as soon as you said it, I was like, I guess he's a Boris guy. Yep. Not going to be a Cardinal. What about what if I substituted uh, Nimmo into that That take it or leave it? Yeah. People, like you said, people people characterize Splash a little bit differently than uh, than, than we do. Take it or leave it. Armstrong should be held accountable for the Blues play more than Chief considering the offseason's moves that were made. Take it. Hmm. I mean, if you are the 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 person that put the team together, and this is the the product that is that is coming out of that, you know, you putting them together, I, I would say you have to take that. I, I will also say that I <laughs> no one thinks that when you put these players in the positions that they're in, that they're going to perform the way that they have or or, or have not, and so. Some right. of the onus, a lot of the onus does fall on the players. They have to do a better job every single day. And and right now, they're losing a lot and they're starting to press and you can tell that they are pressing. But here's some here's a, a word of advice. They can't win game they can't win eight games in the next game. You gotta win one game at a time. You can't worry about what happened the last eight games. You gotta win one at a time. And right now it feels as though they're pressing trying to get out of this losing streak and win seven, eight in a row when they can only win one at a time. Kerry when Doug Armstrong met with the media last week. He said, it's primarily my fault. This is on me. Yep. And the other thing is, I can't come on the air here and say they played as well as they can play and lost 5-1 yep. and then say it's not the general manager's right. fault. Yeah. Because it is. It's ultimately for, for what they have, the, the talent level, the level of toughness, the level of mental toughness that they have. Yeah, it, it's... He's the one that chose the players, and if this group is is maxing out by losing eight to two in back to back games, then yeah, that goes on the GM, and he's been sensational for the Blues. But this is not uh, his best work. It is. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. That's Matthew, and this is 101 ESPN coming up. This is a big week for St. Louis City SC. We're going to talk to their director of sport, Lutz Fadensteel, next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnooks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnooks. Download the Schnooks Rewards app today. It's a busy week for St. Louis City SC and their sporting director, Lutz Fahnensteel. He joins us now, and we appreciate his time here on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. The expansion draft is Friday, a couple deals earlier in the week. Lutz, great to have you with us as always here on 101 ESPN. How are you doing? Very well. Good morning. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Lutz, you all had some uh, transactions, adding some players in the last couple of days. Azeel Jackson, Jared Stroud, and Rasmus Alm. Uh, what did you see from those gentlemen that made you feel like they would be a good fit for the team? I mean, uh, you know, Jared Stroud, I think uh, he has that uh, MLS experience. He, he comes from the Red Bull system, so he knows 
basically from his youth, he knows our playing philosophy, our playing style. So he he also is very flexible when it comes to position. So he's a, he's a you know he's a great addition to our squad. Uh, with AZ Jackson, uh, young player, uh, which gave us lots of trouble when we played against Minnesota with the MLS next pro, uh, very very big upside, very talented, and and he was for me one of the top three players in the MLS Next Pro last season. You know, to get a, a, a really, really young player into the system, I think we we can expect some some, some good things from him in the future. And, well, we also added the, the Swedish kid, uh, Rasmus Alm, a player I follow since many, many years, to be honest. He always was on the market in Europe as well because he did outstanding uh, the last three seasons for Elfsborg. So when it was an opportunity for us to get him on a free transfer, it was a little bit like Christmas for us. So uh, we knew we need to be active there and, and, and get him in. Lutz, you've got the expansion draft coming up on Friday, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But you already have a dozen players on your roster. How close are you to, to having your core, to having the St. Louis City SC nucleus in place? Well, I'm just looking at my board in my office, and it looks pretty good, to be honest. Um I think uh, having already now our eight foreign assigned and, and plus added some guys uh, before and now also the last few days, I think we we having the, the core together, but now it's getting into the detail. We still can pick eight players, five on the expansion draft on Friday and then still in December, the super draft where we can add another three. So it's now more or less uh, to, to show that we did our homework and get ready for the for the expansion draft on Friday. And Lutz, you acquired a couple of more international spots yesterday. Uh, I would assume that you already have a pretty good idea of what you want to do with those, correct? Yeah, you assume right. I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, it's a, a great thing for us to have uh, these uh, slots in our back pocket uh, to see what's happening on the market. Uh, they are... You know, it's, that doesn't mean necessarily we'll bring in another foreigner from overseas. There is also lots of good foreign players without green cards in the MLS right now. Plus, uh, we can also keep keep waiting and see if you have to use it at a later time or maybe even trade them to another club at, at, at another moment where we probably trade them uh, with a profit. So it's a, it's a very, very good asset for us to have. Hey, Luz, the uh, expansion draft is on Friday, but the list of eligible players don't come out until tomorrow. How is that? Do you all have an idea of who will be eligible? And, and if not, uh, does Thursday night turn into like a long night trying to prepare for Friday's draft, just figuring out who you all are going to take and, and what way you're going to go? Yeah, you, if you would see my face right now, you know that we have a very, very late night. It's actually Monday. It's a lot of speculation. You know, it's a little bit like... Uh, uh, spinning back and forth and see and believe what we heard, what information we're getting from different sources. But in the end of the day, we only will know for sure who's available once the, the list is out. Um, I think you need to say uh, people believe it's a, a bit of a candy shop. You get in, pick five world-class players and walking out with a big smile on your face. But unfortunately, that's not the truth. <laughs> uh, lots of players protected, lots of homegrown guys. And then, you know, I think uh, we have a very, very unique style of play. It needs to fit there. I always said we're trying to be as young as possible. So we also want the right age. So it's not a huge uh, number of players which will be out there, which really fits perfectly to us. But um, we are positive that we can get um, three to five guys. And obviously, we're also talking to other clubs who maybe uh, is interested in some certain trades. So it's a little bit... Wheeling and dealing on a nice Wednesday morning 
in St. Louis. Is the once the draft gets here Friday, or, or is it a level of excitement? Is it like preparing for a game, or is it just a a totally different feeling knowing uh, that this is finally putting the final pieces to the puzzle all all the way together? No, it's very different uh, from a game. You know, I think you always can ex- you know exactly what to expect from a football game. It's ninety <laughs> minutes, and you're trying to win. Uh, now with that, we are depending on so many information and so many decisions made by somebody else. So there is only a certain control we have. So we cannot control it on the market. We only can control we want to pick from who is on the market. And let's be fair, uh, with Austin, with uh, Atlanta, with New York City, as well as with the LAFC, there is four absolute top teams we cannot pick from where they have probably some of the most interesting players in the country, which really limits our opportunities to, to, to pick guys, which we probably would pick if we can. So it's all... It's all a game of, uh, I will call it actually a poker game. You know, uh, I try to keep my heart as close to my chest as possible, but so do the other teams, and um, so far, so good. Lutz, you mentioned the unique style of play that City SC is going to employ, and it's going to be very aggressive, and your team is going to be really difficult to play against. But how valuable was that season of City 2 for several of the guys that are going to be on the team that takes the pitch next March? Yeah, you know, uh, I always have, uh, I think, a nice uh, picture of, of what to paint for you. I mean, imagine I would have said to, to Coach Bradley Canell on uh, early January here that I opened the door for you and there is 28 guys you've never seen before. Good luck. We talk again in two weeks' time. I think that would have been pretty unfair. So having already seven foreigners here, plus Josh Yarrow, plus uh, Kyle Hibbert, who got contracts. So it gave us a big opportunity to get these guys I would call it used to the city. You know, they know where they're going to live when they come back in January. They know where their kids going to school. They know where they're going to eat. They literally know exactly uh, what is going to what is going to happen. So they're not coming anymore as newcomers. They're basically coming home to St. Louis, and that gives us definitely a big advantage. Finally. I, I know that you've thought about getting the entire group after the expansion draft and all of your signings and finally getting that first edition of St. Louis City SC on the pitch for uh, a practice to start training. How exciting is that prospect that you're only weeks away from that now? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm here now since uh, over two years and they be basically working exactly for that day for early 23 to get everybody together and then really kick off the season uh, I mean, uh, the excitement is there. Uh, we are not nervous because we knew we did a lot of work and uh, we're trying to work as hard as possible to work it out. But I think right now, the thought, once we've done with the expansion draft, our next thought is about have the stating and opening against uh, playing against Bayer Leverkusen. You know, that's now another highlight which comes up on our calendar. Lutz, we always appreciate your time. We're really excited. Good luck with the expansion draft on Friday, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's Lutz Fadenstiel, Sporting Director for St. Louis City SC, and you can learn more about their new acquisitions and, of course, the expansion draft coming up on Friday by going to stlouiscitysc.com. Next up, the Blues trying to snap an eight-game losing streak tomorrow night here in town against the Sharks. We're going to talk to Bernie Federico about what ails the Blues next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 
We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Hall of Famer Bernie Federico, kind enough to join us. Bernie, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. I'm doing fine, thank you. You know, before Joe Torre became the manager of the Cardinals back in 1990, I, I talked to him a lot because he was a broadcaster for the Angels, and he, he talked about how great it was, under those circumstances, to be able to close his briefcase, walk out, and not worry about a W or an L. And I know you're emotionally invested with the Blues, but man, it's got to be great to not have to actually have the W or the L next to your name when something like this is happening. Joe is a very smart man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. It's tough. You know, uh, when you've played the game, when you've been part of it for, for so long, it's it's it's. it's it's a, I guess, a different perspective. Obviously, watching the games, but yeah, it's a little easier. But uh, I think uh, being part of it from from the past, I think you really feel for the guys and for the management and for the coaches because no one likes to be losing. And uh, when it gets to be as long as it is right now, it, it's very, very frustrating for the players and the coaches, and it's very frustrating for the fans to watch because I think we all know that this team is much better than it's playing, and they're not getting the bounces. They're not doing the right things, they're making too many mistakes, and it's kind of just snowballed into something that's been quite disastrous so far. Hey, Bernie, when I'm watching them, it feels as though uh, that they're pressing at, at, at times and, and trying to make up an eight-game eight losing streak with one game. Do you feel that as well, that, that maybe they're pressing a little bit and, and making some mistakes that, that they shouldn't be making? Yeah, Kerry, there's no question about it. I mean, I even look back at last night, if you could look just the end of the second period, I mean, it's 2 nothing. they're still in the game, and then uh, to make a mistake with uh, less than 10 seconds left. You, you know better. You, you, you can't have anything happen. Uh, you're all the puck is in your own zone. Just get it out. You can't make a play that, that's going to go down to the other end and score a goal in the last five seconds. So make sure it doesn't end up in the back of your net. And that's exactly what happened. A mistake was made and a turnover inside the line. And all of a sudden, instead of being a 2 nothing, where you still are thinking, okay, this is not that bad, just a couple of shots, all of a sudden it's 3 nothing. So, yeah, they're they're pressing. I think they're uh, squeezing their sticks too tight. I think that they're just sometimes trying to do too much. And um, we keep talking about trying to simplify the game. And I think everybody that's played sports understands that is that when if you complicate things too much, I think it gets worse. And I think that's what kind of is happening right now. Bernie, as you describe that, I go back to a word that Craig Bruby used a lot when he took over. About this time of year, in 2018, he used the word fragile a lot, that we're fragile mentally. And what you just described to me is mentally fragile. The question is, how do you turn that around? Well, right now, this is a glass house. There's no question about it. Uh, and you know what? It, it, it's, it's redundant to keep saying the same thing, obviously, but it, it's hard work. It, it, I think the guys have got to start believing in each other and themselves. Uh, I think that, you know, if there's a positive, I thought that Ryan O'Reilly, who's really, really struggling, I thought he played very well last night. Um, I, I think that uh, uh, more guys have got to start taking it upon themselves to start doing the little things and, and, and doing the extra work to, to not worry about, I mean, they're all in great shape physically, but it, it is, it's a, become a mental game now. And I think right now, 
there's no confidence uh, from one to another. In fact, there's no confidence in each each, indiv- each individual personally. And I think they've got to get back to finding ways to get a little bit of confidence back. And I think that just comes from uh, just starting to believe in yourselves. I mean, well, you know, you always talk about um, let your instincts take over instead of uh, making things so much more difficult. If you if you're trying to you know follow a playbook or something. And you can't do that. I mean, it, it's a reaction game. And when you uh, are, are thinking in the right terms, which means you're reacting to the situation, I always think that you're going to play better. And I think that this team needs to start reacting to the situation a little more. I think they have to be a little more aggressive of taking the bull by the horns and, and, and leading each one of them instead of waiting to see if, who's going to take the, 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 you know, the, the, the bull by the horns and who's who's going to lead and who's going to follow. I think everybody needs to start leading a little more. Hey, Bernie, that, that last goal, the fifth goal by Tippett, it, it frustrated me, not because he took the shot, but that he had the, the audacity to take the shot. And no one on the Blues team responded in a, in a way that, you know, I felt like it should have been a, a, an act of aggression, as you said, that someone should have been aggressive towards them uh, for taking that shot. Do you feel that way or am I, am I completely off base with that? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, I think you're kind of off base with that because okay. Terry, that, that was just a shot. I mean, the guy. I mean, as I mean, he wasn't winding up to take a big slap. I mean, it was it was unfortunate for for Grice really because that's one that was really an easy save. I mean, that that's just kind of the way things are going. I mean, it's a shot from the side. It was a two on one. The kid's going to take a shot. He's what 21 years old. Uh, trying to prove himself. He just takes mm-hmm. a shot at the net and ends up going in. So it's kind of just been the way things have been. I mean, when it rains, it pours. And right now it's it's, it's pouring cats and dogs. And it's, they got to stop the – I mean, if it's if it's a dike, they got to get that finger in the hole pretty quickly because it's going to go underwater even more. Finally, Bernie, one thing about this sport, and Kerry and I had a, a little bit of a discussion several weeks ago about whether or not football or hockey was the ultimate team sport. We have seen less t- – talented teams succeed. And you look now, Chicago's playing 500 hockey, and Chicago, they expected to be where the Blues are right now. And the Blues, I think with clearly better talent than Chicago, are really struggling. If they can get back to the game that Chief wants them to play, they might not get back, they, they might not make the playoffs, but they are capable of playing better schematically, it seems. Absolutely, Randy. I mean, look at the Flyers. The Flyers are four games over 500. If you look on paper, the Blues are a much better hockey club. I mean, uh, so this team is, I mean, I said it back in 2019 in January when everybody was struggling, and I, I said the same thing. Is This team, I don't know where they're going to go, but they're certainly a lot better than what they were playing, how they were performing. And, and the team right now, I think, is the same way. I mean, uh, if you get it back on, this, on the same page and, uh, it's only 11 games of the season. There's 71 games to go. I mean, we we even showed on the on the uh, pregame last night that uh, it, after January, after that win in, in 2019, what the Blues put up 68 points or whatever it was the rest of the season. And it was the best in the National Hockey League. I mean, only Tampa tap was one, one point behind them uh, from that point on. So I mean, things can really turn around, and and it can turn around really quickly. But but everybody's got to buy in and. And they need to get some breaks. I mean, you know, if they hit three posts or crossbars in the first period, you know, a couple of them were, were questionable. I mean, you're going to get bounces, and, and most of the times those things go in. But when, when things are going well, the puck goes in. When it's not, it doesn't. So you can't get even more frustrated than, than you are, and, and you just got to believe in it. And, and yes, I, I still think that uh, there's plenty of time 
for this team to rebound. It might take a while to, to get back to 500, but I think that this team is no question they still have their sights set on being in the playoffs. Bernie Federico, always great to have you with us. Thanks so much for the time. We'll be tuned in tomorrow night for your pregame and postgame for the Blues and the Sharks. Thanks, gentlemen. Let's hope that's a big win. we got to get back on track for them. No doubt about Indeed. it. We'll see you later. See you guys. That's the great Bernie Federico, the Hall of Famer, here on 101 ESPN. Uh, I mean, he, he's they, someone has to take the bull by the horn. Someone yeah. has to decide, you know, early on that this is this is our. I, I, I feel as though they, they're lacking a bit of an identity, just understanding who they are, what they are, and how they're going to go about day to day their day to day operations. What is their <laughs> what is their focus and how they're going to go about it every single day? It, it, it seems to be lacking at this point. I, maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel from watching them play. Does it make you feel better, the Hall of Famers? Like, you know, hey, calm down, CD. Don't, no. not, not everything's an insult. Come on not, now. Not, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if you know this or not, Rock. I, I'm a little bit aggressive by nature. I, <laughs> I, I tend to lean towards, so you know. It might be nice for the Hall of Famers so, to be like, well, like, calm down now. I, I'm the type, I just need a reason, and that would have been a reason for me. I, <laughs> that's a good enough reason. Michael We're Jordan, down four to one. Michael Jordan just, football over just here. Just give me a reason. Inventing reasons to get angry at people. <laughs> that's all you need. Yeah. Fuel. I need to be the fuel to fight like that fire. Water sucks. It really, really <laughs> sucks. Hey, we had, and by the way, it is November 9th. We had a great time yesterday. Our friend Chris Muir got us out on the golf course for a uh, an opening drive team golf outing. Had, had, a, had great a good time. time. Everybody uh, enjoyed themselves. So thanks to Chris for setting that up for us. It was good to get out and play golf with him. And uh, he listens every day. So we, Shout we out, Chris. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we did very well, sir. We did yeah, an outstanding yeah, that, job. That was fun. This I think is actually a good time because during the golf outing, we talked about what would happen if with Chris, we talked about what would happen if the Blues lost their eighth game because on, oh, yeah, on a did. different show, Randy Randy Carricker, <laughs> you know, put put his put his you know I, I wasn't gonna say money where his mouth is, but more oh, like yeah. money where his shoulder where, where his shoulder blade is, and, and got a and got a Blues tattoo when they won when they won the Stanley Cup, and so I'm tired of this losing, Randy. And so I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my body on the line. I, I like said it, I said it yesterday at dinner, and I will happily follow up after they lost that eighth one. If the Blues come back and win a Stanley Cup this year, I will also, much like Randy did years ago, get my first tattoo, and it will be a Blues Stanley Cup theme tattoo on the inner part of his bicep. I think we're on the inner yep. part of the bicep or yep. our shoulder, much like Randy. One did. Or the other. That's it. Yep. That's how the Blues got to turn it around. If if they if they win a Stanley Cup, somebody got to put putting, something on I'm the line. I'm putting ink there on you here. Go. That's, that's what's going on here. You're putting your body on the line. Right I'm not now. going full CD with the neck tattoo, but. <laughs> But but I'm gonna go with the blues tattoo if they can somehow turn around. I'm tired of the losing, Randy. Chris suggested tired of a, it. Chris suggested a blues face tattoo, didn't he? He did. He I, did. I yeah. disagree with that. I disagree with that suggestion. But I know Bernie's saying it's only 11 games. Don't freak out. I'm making a drastic hit change here All at right. the 11 game okay. mark of the blues. Season. They're gonna win tomorrow, and it's gonna start. And by I'll the way, I'll be so happy. This is, I'll be so happy. My current sorry, 2019 mom. blues tattoo. So it's got an arch. It's got a Stanley Cup. And it's got a sash, yellow sash, that uh, says 2019. That kind of yep. goes over the, the bottom of the arch. And I will, if they do it, if they pull this off, if they can come back and win, I will get a second sash on mine that says 2023. I'd be there happy to do that. We'll just do the whole show live with you getting the sash oh, and me really? getting my first one. Yeah. It just has yeah. happened. Just, yes. we'll just we'll do them both live right on the air. <laughs> yeah, get our buddy Dick, Big Dave Canoy, he'll take care of us. He's one of the best. He's, he's the best in town. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's do that. 
I'm all for it. It's on wax. Some, something's got to change. So, so uh, we're doing our part. There. There, there you go. Somebody's got to do their part. We're doing ours. <laughs> uh, coming up, we need a fighter for the fight. That is our next objective here is to have a fight, but you can't do it without a fighter. So text in the word fight to 65780, and we'll have the fight for you next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, average Joe listener, and in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive, please welcome Randy Carricker. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. Rock, are you ready? Kerry, I'm very ready. I'm very sad, though, because this is also my last fight of the week. Oh, it is the last fight of the week. You got, who, who's in? Who's filling in? Grant Fran- Francis, or as I like to call him, Francois. Grant. Will be, will, be, will be in for you guys on Thursday and so, Friday. So will Grant be responsible for doing the... Uh, I am writing the, the fight question. Okay, so, I, I, so if it goes haywire, we can't blame Grant. We have to you know, wait till Monday. You know, blame, yes. Blame yes. Grant? Well, I'll, be, I'll, I'll let it cook for like two days. You know, <laughs> you'll be able to blame me on Monday, but I'm just going to let it cook for a couple days. I got yeah, you. No. Uh, we got Joe fighting today. How you doing, Joe? Hey, I'm doing good. I uh, on the intro, I was a little confused because it said average Joe, and I'm, I'm definitely not average. All right, oh. okay. I like the confidence, you know Joe. We'll let everyone know here. Joe got a little bit uh, cocky on the text line when he sent in his text. As you can every day, whenever we have a new fighter to six five seven eight zero, you said you text in fight, and he said fight. Please let me destroy Randy, uh, and, and we let Randy know about that one, Joe. I wasn't going to let you get by I, that I easily. Got this. He, not, not only that, but let's do it Randy style. Give me no options. Whoa! Whoa! Did you hack my Google Drive or something? Right. Hey, what is going on here? You <laughs> asked for it. This is what you're going to get. Here we go, Joe. You, well, you, you get to ask, you get, and much like Randy style, you do get to ask the options for one of the questions, but uh, you're going Randy style, so good luck. Good luck. Oh my let's gosh. do it. You said it. Okay. All right. Who was the head coach of the Blues the last time they finished the season worse than 500? Mike Keenan. Who was the last AL pitcher to win the Cy Young and the World Series in the same year? And mind you, the awards have not officially been announced just yet for this year. Pedro Martinez. All right, Joe, what college did MLB and Cardinals legend Bob Gibson attend playing both basketball and baseball? UCLA. And happy 91st birthday to Hall of Famer Whitey Herzog. Herzog managed three different teams in the first three years of his managerial career. He took over the Royals on an interim basis in 75, managed four games for the Angels in 74, and he started career with which club in 1973? Let's go Chicago White Sox. All righty, Joe. How are you feeling, sir? I definitely got all four right. (laughs) You got all four right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, hey, you know what, Joe? Confidence is, is needed in life, and you definitely do not lack confidence. So we are we are on the roll. I appreciate it. All right, here we go. Randy, say hello to Joe. Hold on here one second. All right. I am ready. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Hey, doing good, Randy. I hope you got your big brain on. I got all four right. You better be ready. Oh, I'm ready, <laughs> so, brother. So I, I, I am ready. I, you, you've met Joe. I want to give you a little bit of, of background on Joe. Joe said when he texted in, pick me, I want to destroy Randy. And then 
Joe said he got confused with the with the intro because he's not not an average Joe. And he also asked for no options. So he really? went Randy Carricker style, no options. And so Joe is uh is ready to go, and he told you he got all four right. So here we go, Randy. Wow, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Me too. All right, Randy, here we go. Who was the head coach of the Blues the last time they finished a season worse than 500? That 500 record is by points, not by yeah. just flat-out record. I believe it would have been Davis Payne the year before Ken Hitchcock took over. I will go with Davis Payne. All right. I need to get this question in today because it's going to change. Okay. Who was the last AL pitcher to win the Cy Young and the World Series in the same year? Last American League pitcher to win the American League Cy Young. Okay, let's... Uh, American League. Yes, because like I said, that's going to change this year, I think. Okay. Oh, because of Verlander? Exactly. Okay. Um... Well, it wouldn't have been Verlander in 17. 16 was the Cubs. 15. Let's go back further. Um, let's go back to, boy, maybe one of those Yankees guys in not 96. No, they didn't have one. Um, 2000, 2, 3, 4, 5, 2006, the American League didn't win. 2007? Um, I don't think Boston had a winner in 07. Yankees, oh, I'll try Yankees 09 CC Sabathia. It'll be my shot. All right, Randy, what college did MLB and Cardinals legend Bob Gibson attend playing both basketball and baseball? He attended Creighton University in Omaha. And happy 91st birthday to Hall of Famer Whitey Herzog. The rat. It also would have been um, Bob Gibson's birthday today hmm. um, as well. Crazy to me that they have the same birthday. <laughs> Herzog managed three different teams in his first three years of his managerial career. He took over the Royals on an interim basis in 75. He the managed... Royals on an interim basis? Oh, okay. Got it. Seven, got I'm, I'm, going, I'm, I'm, I'm working backwards. Working backwards. He yeah. were, uh, on an interim Angels basis in Rangers. 75. He managed the four games for the Angels in 74, and he started his career with which club in 1973? Rangers. This was an interesting fight. We had we, we had we had a very, very. <laughs> I hope I got all four. Why, why are we just going right to the tie? Tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> we had a very excited uh, fighter come in, Joe. Not so average, Joe, as he would prefer to be called, and I'll give him that on on this day. He said he was going to take down Randy, so he wanted to do it Randy style, and he didn't even take a single lifeline. I said, "Hey, Randy style does include at least one lifeline. I admire are you going to take that? He didn't take that. a single lifeline. Was it enough to take down the man himself?" who also did not request a lifeline in this round. No lifelines, no options, straight up just fight today. Who is your winner? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Oh. Just win, baby. Okay. Oh, it's too hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. I am number one. 
Randy wins the fight two to nothing in this game. (laughs) Joe, I appreciated the theater. That was an incredible performance overall. Before we let you go, let's go over those answers. Let's give them to you. Who was the head coach the last time the Blues finished worse than 500 by points? That was the 07-08 season, the last time they've done it. That was Andy Andy Murray, Murray. who was the head coach of the Blues. The last AL pitcher to win the Cy Young and the World Series in the same year. Again, in like 24-48 hours, this answer will be different. It was Brett Saberhagen with the 1985 Kansas City Royals, wow. the last AL pitcher to do it. What college did MLB and Cardinals legend Bob Gibson attend? He played basketball and baseball at Creighton University. And then I, I it's my favorite Bob Gibson thing we don't talk about enough, signed with the Harlem Globetrotters mm-hmm. out of college, which is incredible to me. And then happy 91st birthday to Hall of Famer Whitey Herzog. Randy Carricker ran it down. He started his career with the Texas Rangers, was fired, managed four games as an interim for the California Angels, and he took over for the Royals in 1975 before obviously managing them for a hell of a long time. Happy birthday to Whitey Herzog, 91 years old today. Carl Gunnarsson's birthday and Brandon Kiley. Oh, BK. Happy yeah, birthday, BK. BK. I have no stats about yeah, BK. I'm birthday. sorry, except for, I don't know, how many times has BK had to be punished this year in well, no, fantasy no, football no, game? No, like because times? BK is also the commissioner of our fantasy football league, yeah. and I am 2-7. and seven. I've lost seven in a row, and it's clearly not my fault. It's the amount of time that I had to draft my players, and so we're going to blame BK for that. Happy birthday, though. Happy birthday, and also, <laughs> again, Joe, thank you so much for joining me. You had me laughing on that one. That was great. Good thank job, you so much Joe. for joining the fight. I, I appreciate it, guys. 0-4 is not that better than the Blues, at least. <laughs> you got that. Have to, you'd have to Listen. do that twice, Joe. Appreciate <laughs> it, man. Have a good day. I, I hope one day I can wake up and have that much natural com- comedic talent. <laughs> that was fun. What is, by the way, the, he, he was 0-4. What, what's the number today? I, don't, I, I haven't even really thought about what the, the number of the day could possibly be. The number of the day. I can hardly wait. The number of the day is eight. Oh, man. You forgot. <laughs> yeah, eight in a row. Not great. Again, a blues record and an NH first time ever somebody's come out and been like, hey, we're a pretty good team. No, we suck. <sighs> pretty rough. Rock and roll is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Time for Rock and Roll and Matthew Rockio. Rock is his nickname. Will provide us some notes and we'll respond to those. I'm looking, uh, Carrie and Matthew, at my fantasy football team that has been beset by injury. So I've got Drake London playing tomorrow night. Well, he's not playing for me. So my, my flex player is a tight end. That's how bad that is. <laughs> Tyler Boyd, bye. Najee, uh, I might get Najee. You got to get him going. Yeah, you got to get, get him going. Get him at some point, they got to score some points. Yeah. So They're averaging 10 uh, points a game. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Carrie, two and seven in fantasy? Must be David Perron not being on your team. It, it has to be. It's clearly. It, it's not my fault. So my other guys, Tyler Boyd, bye. Mike Williams, injured. James Robinson, bye. This is my bench. David Njoku, uh, questionable. This is just bad. How many players <laughs> do you have injured? <laughs> the number of the day. I can hardly wait. The number of the day is Eight. <laughs> yeah, I started uh, with Hollywood Brown. He's not around anymore. 
Just, <sighs> just okay, that's enough. Let's do rock and roll. <laughs> All right. Enough, well, no, enough self-loathing and self-pity. No, we can do some schadenfreude, which oh, is just the other, other, other side Romeo of the coin. Let's get Romeo Dobbs out of the lineup, too, because uh, he's hurt. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's get a little schadenfreude instead. Let's make fun of a team that's doing pretty bad. Hey, you guys know how many losses the Lakers have this year? Eight! <laughs> two and eight, right? They're two and eight on this two on, eight. on this season, and they have lost two of their last three. They've lost all of their last three. Two of them, though, I, almost identical scoring lines: one thirty to one sixteen against the uh, j- Jazz, and then another one thirty nine to one sixteen loss to those same Jazz. Now the Jazz are a surprise team. I'll give them that, but the Lakers are terrible. In fact, one of our uh, one of our former guests on the show, Tim Bombtemps, broke down just how bad the Lakers really are on Canty and Carlin yesterday. I feel for Darvin Ham. He's waited a long time to be an NBA coach, head coach. I think he's a really bright guy. He, I think he's doing as good a job as you could do. It's just this team isn't good, as we've talked about a bunch the past few months, right? Anthony Davis has already got back issues. He's probably going to miss time. LeBron James is going to miss time. And this team stinks around him. I mean, they've just very poorly built the roster over the past several years. We know the Westbrook trade was a disaster. And they just have to take their medicine now and deal with it. I, there's just really not a fix to me out there that's going to turn the Lakers into some kind of thing. And it's going to be a while. They are not going to be good for Didn't they LeBron sign an extension? Mm-hmm. And they've yeah. got a long-term deal with Anthony Davis. Westbrook is up after this year, but they have no picks. They have no draft picks. They traded a lot away to get Anthony Davis. They traded players away to get Russell Westbrook. They, they have traded a lot away to get the team that they have right now, which is a team that cannot shoot. Uh, a team that is often injured in Anthony Davis, and a team that is getting older in LeBron James. And the the, the as the the frustrating thing is for for coaches when you get you you work so hard to become a head coach, you work so hard to have that opportunity, and then you get to a team that is absolutely terrible, and now you're stuck. And so now, when you when you have a couple of years under your belt and your record looks as terrible as it's going to look mm-hmm. and then you get fired and then everyone else is like well we're not going to hire him again look at how terrible he did but the, I mean what do you He's got no chance, it's a yeah. lose lose situation for for a lot of these franchises and organizations you know hopefully I, you know when I knew it was over when Magic made that that post, when he made that that had that video, I ain't gonna be here. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> That's when I knew that it was going downhill for the Lakers. Like, I, I ain't gonna, I won't be back. So <laughs> Michelle always referred to the NBA and her fandom. She said it's a soap opera for guys, and it really is. Yeah. So here's what the NBA needs to encourage: they need to encourage Kyrie for Westbrook. Westbrook and Ben Simmons together would be awesome. Kyrie in L.A. back with LeBron would be awesome. And it would just be so much fun to have those those two players at different spots. You want to you you bring Kyrie to Hollywood? Yeah, with LeBron. Mm. And you want to send Westbrook and Ben and put them in Brooklyn with oh, KD. God. Yeah, it, That be, is the ultimate soap opera. That, this oh, is like so the, the saga of all sagas. Because Ben Simmons won't shoot, but will pass. And Russell Westbrook won't pass, but will shoot. <laughs> this is true. He's not going to make a lot of them unless he's driving. But, you know. Is there a better thing in sports than Russell Westbrook uh, queuing up to take a three and everybody in the stands yelling, No! <laughs> and then with LeBron and Kyrie on the same team, the outrage machine about the NBA will be completely, it'll just be entirely yeah. on one team. Just everybody who's mad at somebody in the NBA can just either focus in on Kyrie or LeBron James. You got both sides right, right there. Did you see, by the Jeez. way, on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, 
Kyrie passes it to Ben Simmons and then says, shoot, shoot it, Ben. ben. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben didn't shoot it. He no. found somebody else. I'm, here, you take it. Eh? I didn't come here to shoot the ball. What are you talking about? What does a Brooklyn Nets practice look like? Oh, my. <sighs> and now I guess the league is imagine. saying, no, you can't hire Ume Udoka. So they don't have a coach either. <sighs> I mean that. Well, they said they didn't need one, so they got their wish. Yeah, <laughs> KD and, and Kyrie said we we don't need a coach. We're good. We're, we're good. Again, I I was so wrong about the dangers of player empowerment. I was like, no, it's good getting players money. They should. They they're the ones that make that move the money in the first place. They should get a lot of say in it. And just we every single move that KD and Kyrie have pushed in Brooklyn, from the little ones on the court to uh, which was um, trading which was DeAndre Jordan being their starting center and trading Jared Allen eventually to get James Harden to the off the, to the ones like Steve Nash to everything else around their decision making with the vaccine and what have you it's just every single step has been a complete mistake when they've let the players have too much say in it the and, one and then player the that, in LA the one player that had it figured out was D Wade yeah. because he knew what players but he also knew to respect Pat Riley and Eric yeah. Spolstra yep he he and he also was willing to allow LeBron to come there and be the superstar. He yep. didn't have the need to be the face of the franchise or 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 stand. You know who else did that? Steph Curry. Steph Curry right. was able to do that as well. Those are two guys that did not mind a superstar coming to their team, helping them win championships. That guy can leave. I'm still I'm still the face of the franchise regardless of of if they're here or not. Um and and so yeah, they 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 were able to take the back seat and not feel, you know, not have their ego bruised or 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 altered because those gentlemen came in and helped them win championships. And this jumped out to me yesterday. Freddie Fitzsimmons had SEC Network's Cole Kubelik on to talk about um, the rankings right now and maybe some of the big games for some of those top teams. One of those top teams is the Tennessee Volunteers, even after their loss last week. He actually thinks they might have to watch out after an emotional loss last week. Could the Missouri Tigers be a trap game for the Volunteers? I'll tell you one that that I'll tell you guys to watch out for this weekend that that nobody's going to like and nobody's going to pay attention to. But just be careful, Tennessee, 11 a.m. Central, Saturday morning with Missouri coming to town. You are coming off an, an emotional loss that I'm not sure you just get over right away. You think about how much went into that game against Georgia, how many of those kids thought they could win that game, and now you got to come back in an early kick. Yes, it's at home, but that will neutralize the crowd a little bit. That Missouri defensive line has gotten after every offensive line they have played this year. That includes Georgia, by the way. They stymied that Georgia offensive line for three and a half quarters. They just stuck it to Kentucky's offensive line a week ago. I promise you, that Missouri front will be a problem. Blake Baker will have a plan that will be problematic for the Tennessee offense. If they get anything from their quarterback, Missouri has a chance to stay in and potentially win that game if Tennessee comes out flat. Is there some orange and white checkerboard somewhere in Knoxville shaking in their boots, nope. Randy Carricker? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not a chance. Darn it. They were fired up last week, and all that Josh Heupel needs to do is get his coaching staff fired up. Remember what uh, Eli Drinkwitz said about them before the season started? He said, I'm... Uh, Tennessee doesn't need to worry about us. They need to worry about going on probation. Mm. And Josh Heupel will have his team ready to go. Yeah, you come off a, a, a huge loss at the way that they did to Georgia last week. Um, and, and they are still in contention for making the playoffs. So if they, they need to win out, they need to continue to win. And I think it's going to be a tough task uh, for Mizzou at Tennessee to win that mm-hmm. game. Tennessee scored 62 on them last year. Wow. And they probably will again this year. By the way, going back to the Lakers, uh, the um, – New Orleans Pelicans have the right to swap picks with the Lakers this year. So they probably will 
at the moment. The Lakers 2-8 and eight and the Pelicans 5-5. Five and five, But the Pelicans should get better as the season goes along, and I don't know that the Lakers are going to. But that's also why that lo- when the Pelicans lost to the Lakers um, late last week, that's an inexcusable loss for the Pelicans. That is that is mm-hmm, the kind yeah. of loss that is only... Everything about that is you want to drive them into the absolute ground anytime you're a Pelicans team facing the Lakers. That's, that's draft capital right there, man. Drill these people. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you very much, Randy. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, the Blues did fall to the Flyers last night, but, well, yeah, I guess it could be worse. We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on the opening drive. It's time for today's big thing. Brought to you by Seidenstricker Noby John Deere. Find them online at snpartners.com. The number of the day. I can hardly wait. The number of the day is eight. Eight losses in a row for the St. Louis Blues. It is not great, but it's our number of the day. The Blues did fall last night, 5-1 in Philadelphia. And, hey, as Danny Mac and I used to say when we would cover the the old uh, 1998 Rams, who all, uh, by the way, also lost eight games in a row. And that was only in a 16-game season. We would say, not pretty. And it is not pretty right now for the St. Louis Blues. Here's Captain Ryan O'Reilly on that winning or that losing streak of eight. You know, we think we have some guys that are stepping up doing great things. You know, Shenner with a huge fight and then Bobo with a huge fight. You know, it's just, yeah. You know, I feel like, you know, I'm supposed to lead this team and I have not, not doing nearly enough. I know other guys too. There's, there's a lot more that needs to be done. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't have the answer for it now. But I just, I know what, I'm, yeah, what I'm doing isn't working. Against that particular team last night, Kerry, mm-hmm. on that particular night, I really don't think the Blues could have played much better than they did. I know that there were a lot of bad things that happened, but I think bad ha- things happen to a team that doesn't have exceptional ability. Well, I think when you are, I think the turnover right before the end of the second period was a was was not a mm-hmm. great turnover it was a it was a poor decision so I think there are things that can be cleaned up as far as just taking care of the puck um being a little bit more aggressive on the boards and 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 playing I, I, I the energy has been there I feel like the last couple of games but mm-hmm. for whatever reason and then you think the other thing is Randy there were a couple of shots that hit the post so you you feel like if those shots go in as I said earlier it changes things for you if they're a team that can score a couple of those goals early and get up, get a lead. I think they're playing with a little bit more confidence as opposed to, you know, it's not going in and it's hitting the post and you're just you're struggling and 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 things just when you're struggling, bad things happen, and when you're when you're playing well, good things happen, and that's just how how things tend to work out for you. And if the team is mentally fragile, which this one appears to be, things spiral out of control. I want to go back to the essence of. A team being mentally tough, okay? Kurt Warner hits Larry Fitzgerald for, I think, a 65-yard touchdown yep. to put the Cardinals ahead with just over two minutes left in your Super Bowl yep. against the Cardinals, right? Yep. Tell me what the mindset of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense was at that point. Did you shrivel up? <laughs> they gave us too much time. <laughs> we got enough time to go score. Yeah. That was the mindset. Like It was not, 
oh man, it's over. No spiraling, nah, it, no nah. defeat. It was, it was. They gave us too much time on the clock, and we're gonna go score and win this game. And then our defense is gonna go out there, even though they just gave up that long touchdown. Our defense is gonna go out there and get a stop, and we're gonna win the game. That's mental toughness yeah, right there. That right? was, that was, but that was also a team that had done those things throughout the entire year. So you build up that confidence and that toughness based on having the results going in your direction in your in your favor throughout the entire season. And the Blues under Craig Berube historically they have been men of steel in terms of their minds. Mm-hmm. They, they have won games with their minds. And they never if you allow a goal there's almost inevitably the Blues are a team that's going to come back and score the next goal. They don't allow the second and third goal in a row and it's got to be a mental issue with this club where it's almost like they, the Flyers score and it's, here we go again. Yeah, And you've got to get out of that rut that you're in mentally, I think. And I'm not in the, in the dressing room. I, I, I just hear the players and the coaches talking. But it seems to me like that's a rut. Rather than having less structure and what appears to be less effort when the other team scores a goal, you need to have more structure and more commitment to what you're doing within that structure. Yeah, you you have to stay pretty stay simple stay stay stick to the basics and not feel like you have to do something extra and and when teams aren't good or when teams are losing that's the that becomes the mindset of mm-hmm. everyone I gotta do more I gotta do more and all you got to do is your job stay within your structure stay yeah. within who you are how the team is constructed how you have been coached to do your job and and I've seen it I'm, I'm a coach I know when things become bad I, I'll give you an example we talked about this off air, but we didn't talk about it on air. On air. Kyle Schwarber bunting with two outs, with two strikes uh, in that situation. Panic. The moment he panicked, the moment became, I got to do something that is out of my character for us to win. No, you know what you got to do, Kyle Schwarber? Swing the bat because that's what you do best. Hit it over the fence, big boy. That's what you do. But what you see from professional athletes, from collegiate athletes, on all, all the way down is when the moments start pressing and you're losing and you're not having success. Someone does something that is not in their character because they feel like, I got to make a play right now. And all you got to do is your job. And when you do your job consistently, then the people who are the stars, the the, the studs, they do their job consistently, which is to help you win games. And, and that's all you have to do. Get back to the basics and not worry about trying to make the elite play in that elite moment. That Just do your job. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. That's today's big thing on 101 ESPN. It is bad for the Blues, but at least it's not wacky. We're going to talk about wacky next in Indianapolis with... Our friend, the coach, Rick Venturi, here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Great leaders, they stimulate belief without evidence. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. There ain't going to be no four pillars. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. We always love talking to Rick Venturi, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. And one thing is abundantly clear to me after a lot of years of watching and being around football, and that is if you spend enough time walking up and down sidelines on artificial turf, eventually your knees are going to hurt. Mm. And the coach, Rick Venturi, joins us now on 101 ESPN on the, on the opening drive. Coach, good morning. How are you doing and how are your knees feeling? 
<laughs> my knees are actually I don't know if it's psychological or not. I got injections yesterday and I feel pretty doggone good today. So maybe they might work. And, you know, I, I just got to tell you, this is just another crazy chapter in the absolute long and winding road of Rick Venturi and the NFL. I mean, it's, it just never ends with these Indianapolis Colts. It just never ends. It is unbelievable. And we were, I think every football fan was stunned when they fired Frank Reich and named Jeff Saturday as yeah. the, the, yeah. the interim head coach. I, I want to start with this. As I mean, you are a coach to your core. So how did you react to the move? Well, first of all, let me, let me just give you two chapters on it real quick. One, after Sunday's game, and if you go back to Christmas Day, Christmas Day of last year was Frank Reich's high point. You know, he, he beat Arizona in Arizona, prime time, 9-6, and six, and it looked like we were rolling. And since then, it's just been a roller coaster downhill. He's 3-7-1. and one. Offensive statistics, awful. Uh, the losses to Jacksonville, allowing Tennessee to keep controlling the division when the owner has demanded it doesn't happen. All those things were, you know, had put him in quicksand. And then you always have that game as a coach. And Kerry knows what I'm talking about. He, there's that one game or that one period where you get fired, not necessarily that you get fired that day, but you're you're done, it's you're over. finished. And I walked out of there Sunday after that demoralizing loss in New England, and I just said to my partner, I said, you know, this is it, this is the day. Now I didn't, I really didn't believe he would be fired the next day. That was that was in some ways stunning, but it was even more shocking uh, when they named Jeff Saturday. And I know Jeff; he's a he's a good guy. And what you got to understand is that era. Jim is trying to relive it. He wants to bring it back so much. I call it the the Manning Mafia. That those guys from the 2000s have so much influence uh, here on West 56th Street that in the end it shouldn't totally surprise you. Now, for people like Kerry, myself, you know, who's a football lifer, it's tough for me because you know all the great coaches really over the years including Dick Vermeil, were guys that coached high school, worked their way through college, worked their way into the NFL, and in that sense, paid dues, but more importantly, learned their craft. I mean, the Belichicks, the Andy Reeds today, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> the Pete Carrolls. I mean, those guys did not just walk into a job. So, you know, it's tough for me sometimes as a football lifer. And in, in my world, that that's a tough one. Uh, and then the follow-up is he is going to have Parks Frazier call the plays, who is the assistant quarterback coach, who's really been a graduate assistant, even in college his whole life. His claim to fame is he was a GA on the Arkansas State, um, the Cure Bowl win. So it's a <clears throat> it, it resembles in some ways the Ted Mack amateur hour, if anybody's old enough to remember that. But, you know, at the same time, you know, this league is funny. I do think sometimes, Randy, and I've done it all, it is easier in some respects if you have your coordinators in place. It's easier to come in as a head coach, I think, than it is a coordinator. Mm-hmm. Coordinator job to me is a much tougher job than the head coach. Head coach manages people 
and he may have four or five decisions in a game to make. A coordinator, particularly a guy that's going to do it for the first time and has never really been an assistant, that is amazing. And because they fight, now and they, you're making. That's the thing. They, they fired their <laughs> offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 yeah, I mean, the timing was really interesting. I mean, you know, they fire him before the head coach. Yeah, it's, it's all, you know, it's all crazy. But I guess my point is, is I know I did a much better job in uh, New Orleans, even though the record isn't any different. But I think records are, you know, disputable when you're taking over bad situations. But um, in New Orleans, I was a much better coach the second time uh, for two reasons. One, I was never, I never looked at it as auditioning, so it was just me from the gut. But number two, all our people were in place. The best move I made was making Bruce Arians the play caller, and I didn't, co- I didn't have to coach the defense when I was when I did it in Indianapolis. I retained a defensive coordinator position, and that that's really pretty tough to do. So, you know, I, I mean, I think Jeff, you know, in that sense, you know, he's got some charisma. Uh, you know, some leadership skills, I think. So, you know, he may add at least a temporary juice uh, into the into this. And to be honest with you, no disrespect to Kerry's Alumni Association, but we play the Raiders this week and then the Eagles and then Pittsburgh the next week. And really, we're sandwiching two very bad and beatable teams into uh, and then they're sandwiched around a very good team but in some ways this is a win-win for Saturday because I don't believe we're as bad as we're playing I think we got in a rut and we got stale uh and so you know all he has to do is show any improvement at all because the expectations are low and yet you know they didn't win the press conference per se in terms of form but they won the hearts of the Colts because most Colts fans are forced to live in 2009, you know, they, because it hasn't, you know, in the last eight years, we haven't won a division and we've only won one playoff game. So the history is really in the 2000s, in the first decade. Hey, Coach, you, you coached for 30-plus years in, in, in college, NFL, <laughs> and and you were, were, you know, in those situations where maybe a coach got fired. There are members of, as you said, the Ma- Manning Mafia on that staff in Cato June and Reggie Wayne. How frustrating could it be for the men that are already in that building to have an outsider come in? I know he's a consultant, but he's not been there early morning, late nights, every single day. How frustrating can it be for those men that are there that are not having the opportunity to be the interim head coach? No, that, that's a really good point, uh, and that's a really good point. And uh, it isn't so much I – think, I think the Colts heritage is okay with it. Randy uh, – excuse me, uh, Reggie, really good friends with, uh, with uh, Jeff. Uh, I think they're copacetic. Cato's a little bit later, but they're all kind of in that legacy. I think what's hard on really, Kerry – is guys like John Fox who have had, you know, two head coaching jobs who are who is here, uh, who has coached in a Super Bowl for better or worse. Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator of the defense, is fifth in the league, uh, you know, who was the head coach at Jacksonville. And then we have a really sharp young uh, special teams coach in Bubba Ventrone that a lot of people kind of felt like they might want to give a young guy a spin here. I, I think it's really tough on those guys. I think that those guys that have, you know, really done their, paid their dues and have some experience, 
I, I, and they, nobody will show it. You know this. When you're in that building, you just go on to Tuesday and to Wednesday, and you live in daytight compartments. But I know how difficult that is. Coach, one nice thing about this is, from the Colts' perspective, it really didn't matter because Buffalo and Kansas City are going to play in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> if Josh Allen is healthy, who wins? Well, you know, the interesting thing, though, you know, and somebody brought – oh, Tony Dungy brought it up. Uh, Tony was quoted as saying, I, if I were there, if, you know, if I was around there, I would have tried to talk Jim into not doing this. And one of the, one of the things he said is that we have exactly the same record as Sean McVay does with the Rams, mm-hmm. you know, and you're three, five and one, you know, Tennessee is, um, you know, Tennessee is five and three, but they're so, they're so fractional. I mean, they, they don't get me wrong. It's a great program. Vrabel does a great job, but they're, they're a team that could very well slip to, you know, eight and nine, nine and eight. And even though the division record was awful, my thought was just don't forget that the first thing that's important is your overall record. And if you could get on a run and get going, if you guys would have told me, you know, August 25th, <laughs> that this was going to be the state of the Colts in whatever we are, November 11th or whatever, I would have said, you're crazy. This can't happen. And I guess I'm culpable to some degree because I felt like, and, you know, I don't listen to anybody. I watch and make my own decisions. I thought this team was really a contender. And, you know, the the, the Ryan thing imploded. The offensive line has just been terrible. I mean, you know, and that's a $40 million line, Kerry. I mean, it's just been awful. And, uh, you know, and, and, and we've paid the price with turnovers and sacks. Yeah, the injury to Jonathan Taylor in and out has been tough on them as well. You, you get a guy like that who runs the ball as well as he does that you would expect that you have more success. But I agree with you, Coach. You all are not that far. You're still second in the division, and you have a team in front of you that is struggling at quarterback as well. So there's still a chance if, if, if Jeff is able to right the ship. I just feel like that – when you bring a guy in that has not been there every day, and you can probably speak on this better than I could, you have coaches who are starting to look at their resume updated and starting to make some phone calls trying to figure out where their next landing spot may be if this thing goes left uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of, lot of shut doors now <laughs> during the day, a lot of closed doors. Uh, there's no question about that. You know, I feel like just in a, in a brief, just kind of a brief nutshell, having done this twice, and have it done it better the second time. I just I think there's four things that you have to do. The first first thing is regardless of who you are, you got to immediately take the leadership role. You can't play your way into it. You have to get in front of that team. You have to be the leader. We can't you don't have to bash Frank Reich, but you have to take over number 2, and this is what you're talking about. You have to embrace your staff. You have to somehow sell them that if you win, if you go out winning, it's going to be good for everyone. When Ron Meyer came in here in game 13 in 1996, he promised all of you, we were 0-13, and he took over at that point. He said, if we win the last three, I'll keep all of you. <laughs> Damned if we didn't win <laughs> we didn't win the last three. you know. And then, obviously, all these things are simultaneously. And, and you know this, Kerry. He has got to get in front of that team. And it's not about ESPN sound bites or, right. or crappy PowerPoints. He's got to get up there and give them a formula on why we're going to get better. I mean, whether it's schematic changes, coaching changes. Because pro players, in my experience, they don't want to hear all that garbage. They want to know, is this coach going to put me in position to win? And then I think number four, 
He's got to stay in his lanes. He's not going to be Bill Walsh, X and O wise, or Buddy Ryan. So he has got to leave, you know, certainly leave Gus Bradley alone on defense mm-hmm. and Bubba Ventrone on offense. And he has made, at least he's been decisive on who's going to call the plays, whether you like it or not. I like the fact that he's decisive because all that stuff has to be exacting. It has to be exacting. But you have to sell everybody right now on why we're going to get better, not just some, I'm a good guy, I'm a likable guy, I was, I, you know, I took snaps from Peyton Manning. None of that stuff's going to matter after one day. Coach Venturi, it's always great to hear your voice. Glad you're feeling good this morning. And uh, at least you got stories, right? If nothing else, you got stories. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's, a, it's another chapter. I mean, two franchise moves, uh, you know, a displacement by Katrina, uh, all kinds of different things. I, I, you know, you, you had me uh, re- repeat this story the last time I was on, and it's, it's really become kind of a novice thing with the, 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 the you know, the, 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 I'm fired, I'm on my way to New Orleans. <laughs> you know that piece of paper I'm on the, at the on picture the right now, and and I thought broadcasting would be easy. Now it's a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, have a great day, Tell Sherry. We said hi, and we love you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Coach. All right, guys. I'll talk at you. See ya. That's Coach Rick Venturi on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Blue Center Robert Thomas. What do we talk to him about? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Thomas scores! Getting you inside the Blues locker room. What a goal by Robert Thomas! It's time now for Blues forward Robert Thomas on the Opening Drive. Driven by Pure Performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs. Blues played back-to-back in Boston on Monday and then Philadelphia last night, got in late last night. And Robert Thomas joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, And uh, Robert, we know that uh, you, you got in late. Things are not going great with the team. So especially with what's going on, we appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. How are you doing? Yeah, hey guys, doing well. Doing well. Thanks for asking. Hey, uh, we talked to Adam Wainwright every week during the baseball season, and obviously the Cardinals struggled a lot last year. And I, I've asked Adam several times about being able to compartmentalize and put a game, especially in a stretch like this, behind him. Is that easy for you? Are you a- e- able to put bad stretches or individual games like last night behind you? Yeah, I think that's that's what you need to do. Um, I think it's it's hard, obviously, um, you know, it's been a lot of games in a row and, um, you know, not many of us are accustomed to it. And, um, you know, it's easier said than done. Um, you know, I think just through, throughout the stretch, um, you know, we've, we've had some good hockey and, um, you know, we just haven't been able to find the net and it, it kind of just, it, it's frustrating. And uh, I think, you know, the last couple of games were, you know, a lot closer in my opinion than it might've looked and, um, yeah, I think we're coming along. Hey, Robert, you, at, at, oftentimes you'll hear coaches say, do your job. Uh, when you're losing me as a player, I've been there. Sometimes you tend to press a little bit and want to do more uh, than you, you, you're normally doing. Do you feel at times you all are pressing just a little bit uh, and maybe getting out of character and that's costing you at times? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, you know, especially last night for a lot of, a lot of that game, I thought we played pretty well and had so many chances that just, you know, whether it's the crossbar, the post, or just missed the net, or the goalie made a great save. Um, so I think it, you know, it makes you you try and push for a little bit more offense, and next thing you know, uh, it's in the back of your net. So, 
uh, I think I think that's some of it. Robert Thomas with us on 101 ESPN. And Robert, a lot of fans fall back on 2018, 2019. Is there anything that you can take from that stretch? Heck, you guys were in last place on January 1st of 2019 and then went on to win the Cup. Is there anything that you can take from that experience and apply now? Yeah, I think, well, it's it's still November, so uh, we got more time than we did that year. Um, I think... Yeah, I think um, you know we still got a lot of guys in the room from from that year that that went through that whole that whole up and down year, and um, I think I think it starts with our leadership group. Our leadership group is great. Uh, you look at Bobo and Shenner stepping up last night. Um, you know that's that that sparks the team, and I think uh, I think as a team we just got to rally around that. Is there anything that that when you all are are together that you discuss and 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 just I know everyone wants to play better, everyone wants to win, but is there one or two things that you all recognize, you know, from game to game that can really help uh, get you all going in the right direction? Uh, I wouldn't say there's one or two things specifically. I think um, you know, I think we got that that team feeling in the room. I think. Uh, you know, you walk in the room and you know you you got each other's backs. I mean, we're all in this together, and uh, I think that's the that's the most important thing is is we have that feeling. That feeling's not gone, and um, you know that feeling's stronger than ever now that you know we've been struggling for a while and. Um, you know, that's what it's going to take to get us out. The Blues play San Jose tomorrow and then embark on a trip to Vegas, Colorado, and Chicago. Okay, I'm going to give Robert Thomas his choice of a three-day weekend in the offseason to Vegas or anywhere in Colorado. You can go to, like, Aspen. You can go to go to a, a mountain biking or skiing place or Chicago. you got a three-day weekend in one of those cities. Where are you going? Ooh, that's tough. Those are, those are good cities. Um uh, I, I like the warm, so I might choose Vegas. Um, but at the same time, Colorado is is beautiful, and um, ah, Chicago's nice too. Uh, I'll, I'll go Colorado. Actually, I think it uh, nice nice relaxing uh, time there. All of those depend on the time of year, though, because Chicago in in December is not a place you <laughs> no. want to visit. <laughs> right, right. So, summertime. Yes. Yeah. So are, are you an outdoorsy guy? Like you pick Denver, so you, you've got golf, you've got fishing, you could do hunting. What kind of stuff do you, would you like to do if you had that long weekend in Denver? Yeah, um, you know, I love golfing, so I think, you know, they got some great courses up there. Um, and just hiking. I love, you know, seeing the mountains. I love hiking through the, the forest and, and all that stuff. So we played as a, as a team yesterday, Matthew Rocky, our producer who you talk to every week, uh, Carrie and I, and I would say that Matthew probably struggled the most. So if you can pick out the guy on the blues, it's going to, you can play with, that's going to struggle the most. Who's it going to be? What's that? What, what, what player, when you're out on the golf course, what blue is going to struggle oh. the most that you really want to play with so that you can take some of his money? Uh, I mean, we got, we got a ton of good golfers. I'd say probably Cairo. Uh, he doesn't golf much. He doesn't like it. And um, I think I can get in his head pretty easily. Robert, I was I wasn't I wasn't Tiger Woods esque, but I, I was I was hitting some pretty good shots yesterday. I had my red uh, polo black pants on and I, I, I think I did I think I did pretty well. We we did win, by the way. He was putting for an eagle on a par five. I was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
They're pretty That's good. <laughs> pretty good. Hey, uh, we love the way that you come on with us, and uh, you're, you're accountable with the media all the time. We really do appreciate that. Go get them tomorrow night against San Jose. Get some rest today. Take care of yourself, Robert, and we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Be good, guys. Thanks. You too. That's Robert Thomas joining us here on 101 ESPN. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, because I know people get frustrated with, oh, it has to tell They know they're losing. He knows they're losing. They want to win. I have been a player in a position where we're not winning and we're struggling. I told you, I was at the grocery store after two weeks of a sprained ankle and a high ankle sprain, and the, why aren't you practicing? Why aren't you... Bro, it's we're out of practice, we're, we're, and and you should be playing. Why are you here smiling? I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. What the hell do you mean? Why am I smiling? It's 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 a good day. So they're frustrated, as are we. Hockey players, baseball players, football players do not spend 24 as much as you would like them to. Do not spend 24 hours a day. Doing their job. There are days, there are time that is allotted. You watch film, you practice, you lift, you do all of the things that you need to do, and then you go and you're a regular human being. You do normal human being things. You eat, you talk to your friends, you you, you converse with your family members, and you do all of the things that everyone else does. So, you know, I understand the frustration. Eventually, they have to find a way, and he knows this, as does every man on that roster. They have to find a way to win games, or they potentially will not be on that roster. That's part of the business of sports. So everyone that understands that, understand that that's how that has to go about. We got this text from the uh, the 618. Here we go. It's time to really let Thomas know that losing is unacceptable. <laughs> Robert Thomas is a guest from the 618. If you have people, guests at your home, and you get in their face and scream and yell at them, you text back. I want to know if that's the way you treat guests, because if it is, I don't want to be your friend. No, and uh, I don't want to go to your house. Yeah, he, no. Well, you know what? Me, I, 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 uh, well, that's uh, that's another yeah. story for another day. I'm not going to anybody's house and getting yelled at. No, no, nah. no. Randy, I had a teammate in high school, so we were helping move a couch one day, and and this is my best friend, one of my closest friends in high school, and we were moving a couch, and his dad was yelling at us, "What are you doing?" I said, "I said, Mr. Reed, I can go home and get yelled at. I don't, I don't have to come over here to get yelled at. I'm helping you. I, you know what? I, let me put this couch down. I, Carl, I'm going home, man. I gotta go. I can go home and get yelled at, Mr. Reed. That's my guy, though, Mr. Reed. I love you. That's my guy. But I was not going to your house to get yelled at." To move his yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I can go home. <laughs> I don't have to be here to get yelled at, sir. <laughs> also, also, I think it's I think it's fair to say that watch the post game press conferences. Actually, after the game, mm-hmm. when Robert Thomas is one of the guys on that podium, he gives extremely thoughtful hockey answers. Yeah. he's accountable. The guy just got. I mean, and, and and listen, if you listen to our David Perron answers too, even when they would lose, we'd ask him a couple of hockey questions, but. Listen, one of the reasons we like getting him on here is so that you guys can see that he's not just some robotic hockey player that, hey, he's a guy who enjoys video games, he enjoys hiking, he enjoys golfing, and in all those things, I'm sure he enjoys um, razzing Jordan Cairo, and that's a fun thing to learn about the guy. Right, exactly. So, well, well, I, like It's just like how Kerry called his shot this morning on the text line that somebody was going to get mad oh. about us doing the Sesame Street bit again. What is Sesame Street? I didn't hear it. I, I, didn't, I missed it. I don't recall well, what the Sesame Street bit I is. I don't remember. The number of the day. I can hardly wait. The number of the day is eight. <laughs> so somebody was very right. mad about that, and we've gotten text messages like like soft questions. Just 
Yeah, we're that's, not gonna. They, he knew, listen, there's no one who knows better that the Blues suck right now than than the guys that, who are actually yeah. in the room. That's the that's the most that's the the, the most mind boggling thing about it is. When you are in that locker room and it is not going great, you know it is not going great. We are, bro, we stink. We got to figure this out. And there, are, there is no one that is watching the games, that is is critiquing the games, that is going to be more, is going to be harder on the players than themselves. They want to win. They always try to work it out. They always try to make things work out for the best because that's how they eat. That's how they make a living. If you go to your job every day and you're not good, you're not going to have a job, no matter what the job is. Also, one of the biggest things last night, Craig Berube, Ryan O'Reilly, they spoke about the team chemistry. You heard it there for Robert Thomas talking about exactly how the chemistry has been affected by the losses. That's that's all I really that's that's the kind of stuff I want to hear from the players. That's why I think, it, but it, and that's why it's funny to me. We just get a text. It just goes uh, when it comes to that whole dinner question, Randy. If it's my if it's my mother in law, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we have become a society of anger and confrontation. Clearly, in this room, we are not about anger and confrontation. I don't know why people think that it's a good idea to be a jerk, to be thought of as a jerk, to be treated by somebody. That is a jerk poorly. And I think that's one of the things that we need to do better at as a society is we need to be nicer and we don't need to be angry and confrontational. And when we have a guest, don't need to be treating them like they're dirt. Here's the here's the interesting part about the society that we live in today. Most of the people that do a lot of mm-hmm. don't do that in person. They don't do those. They don't have those conversations with people in person. They 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 vent on the on the on the text machine mm-hmm. and the and the and the Google and the and the computer. They they have all of those those anger angry thoughts and 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 they, that's how they get them out. But they generally don't do that in person. So you know it, it pays. It, it it doesn't it doesn't hurt to be a good person. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to be nice to be respectful. Um, you can be angry, but you can be angry in a respectful way and and not say the things that you say to people because I, I generally speaking people don't walk up to you and say those things in your face that's Kerry. i'm randy we're gonna head down the stretch toward a balloon party with t-mac and ajax we've got what's on tap and we've got some eagles tickets for you coming up on 101 espn you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers Some people love Uncle Randy. Some people don't. Yeah, you know, to each his own. We don't worry about those people that don't love Uncle Randy or the segment. Hey, your chance to win two tickets to the Eagles bringing the Hotel California 2022 tour to Enterprise Center next Tuesday night, November 15th. Eagles are going to perform the entire Hotel California album in its entirety. Great album. With accompanying orchestra and choir, plus a full greatest hit set, a very limited amount of tickets remain, and the show is almost sold out, and we have your chance right now to win free tickets. Okay, we gave Robert Thomas three cities to spend a long weekend at. We said Vegas, we said Denver, we said Chicago. Those are the next three cities that the Blues visit after playing against the Sharks tomorrow night. What area of the country, was it the Denver area, the Chicago area, or the Vegas area, did Robert Thomas choose? And texture number 18, he's number 18, texture number 18 that gets that city correct, wins the free tickets to the Eagles. You can also find a bonus chance to win free tickets for the Eagles now at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 
mobile app. I'm, I know, I hope we'll hear more coming up in the next hour with Tim McKernan and Ajax about sad news this morning. And uh, Matthew Rocchio has, has worked with the morning after. He was their board op for a while at the other station. And uh, sad news this morning and a GoFundMe account set up, Matthew, for our friend Jay Randolph Jr. Yeah, I mean, if you've, if you've ever gotten to come across Jay or just heard him on the radio, tell, you know, whether it's talking golf or just telling stories or Honestly, just relaying the incredible stories that his dad has, you know, the uh, the senator, as he always refers to him as. I mean, this is a guy, this is a guy who rode in a uh, limousine with uh, JFK when he was six years old. J.J. Randolph Jr. I mean, that's when he's a little kid, he's riding in a limousine with JFK, plays college golf. And Hope then, it wasn't and, the wrong limousine. And then and, and, and he plays college golf and then comes here in St. Louis and has been an absolute staple. Yeah, that was great. That was CD, 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 trying no, to keep no. it together. Uh, you know, and you know who would have appreciated that joke? Jay Randolph Jr. Yeah. And so uh, Tim McKernan just tweeted out t- tweeted out the link, uh, GoFundMe for his, his medical expenses. He's one of my favorite people in a world that at, at many different times can just be absolutely horrible. I've never not had a smile put on my face when I've walked into a studio or a restaurant or a remote or an event uh, and seen Jay Randolph Jr. Um, and, and talk about a guy who, specifically we're talking about us golfing, we're talking about everything that you've done to help me get in the game of golf, Randy character. talk about a guy who just understands that it's a beautiful game and getting as many people as possible to get a club in their hand and get out to play 18 as often as they can makes the world a better and happier place because it's a beautiful game. And that's all he really cares about is people enjoying life and living a little bit happier. And so our prayers go out to Jay Randolph Jr. If you can donate, please do. And obviously, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be with you here for the fight, Jay. Absolutely. Our thanks today to Robert Thomas, to Coach Venturi, uh, and you can always hear those interviews on the 101 ESPN app or at 101ESPN.com. And they're brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center. Tomorrow, the Blues are going to be at Enterprise Center against San Jose. Saturday night, they're going to be at Vegas. And so is Matthew. He's not going to be with us for the next couple of days. Hey, he's leaving. Where are you going? See you later. I'm going to Vegas. What are you doing here? I'm I'm, I'm not going to be here. (laughs) By the way, we're working on tickets. Did did you get in touch with that guy? Was he serious? We're we're still working on it. We we potentially. I mean, the guy that's the texture. Oh, oh, yeah, the texture. You know what? Um, Potentially, I think he said he's still going to go, and he actually he actually might be the fighter on Friday if if tomorrow. There you go. There you go. Because I'm setting the fighters for for our backup fighter. So he might be. I might be sleeping. It's come 6:30 a.m. Friday time in Vegas. But apparently, you guys might have a fighter from Vegas. So somebody's going to be talking to you from Vegas. Good. It won't be be me, unfortunately. We we like hearing it. Great job today. Thank you, sir, and have a great trip. Thank you guys so much. Have a enjoy the uh, the next couple days of the show. I think it's going to be fun Thursday and Friday. Always a good time. I know we're going to be talking about uh, SLU soccer tomorrow with head coach Katie Crow. We're also going to be talking about um, hey a St. Louis in in the golfing game. Big name that you're going to want to know here. He's going to be in studio talking to you guys on Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like cool. that. Good. Uh, CD, this was fun for us. It was always fun for us. Yeah. What's, what's, a, what's, what's, what's the number of the day? Do we have, well, there, there is a number there today. There is a number today. I don't remember. The number of the day. I can hardly wait. The number of the day is eight. <laughs> hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. 
Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.